0: it will inform you as you move on and you know get back into the dating world or or, know, start the, or start
1: a podcast or start a
0: podcast and have people on and learn <laughs> about it
1: for, invite therapists on your podcast yeah. yeah. Talk about guys we're not paying this for this therapy session all, that's all i'm saying i don't
2: know what your hourly rate is but this has been free <laughs>
1: girls gotta eat welcome back you want to do it
2: it's like high 40s kind of dark out you know
1: i look so ugly today and i wore sunglasses and even my doorman was like what well, do you got those on for <laughs> because i'm old and ugly now that's why dewey and i went to the park today we're really soaking up the weather he his life is perfect look i'm just napping here he's i know just look at chillin'. him so sweet. You'd never guess there's a dog at this apartment every single time we record.
2: Every time. Um, okay. Secret
1: dog. Secret dog. <laughs> <laughs> Undercover puppy. <laughs> uh, thanks to Liquid IV for supporting Girls got Eat. Liquid IV hydrates you two to three times faster and more efficiently than water alone with an added bonus of vitamin C, B3, B5, B6, and B12. Get 25% off liquidiv.com when you use the code GGE at checkout. And thanks to Feels for supporting Girls Gotta Eat. Feels has us feeling our best every day and it can help you too. become a member today by going to feels.com slash gge and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping
2: this episode of Girls Gotta Eat is also brought to you by Away. Away makes first class luggage at coach prices that allow you to charge your phone on the go. If you're in the contiguous U.S., place orders by noon on 1219 to get free ground shipping with guaranteed free delivery by 1224. To learn more and find other last minute shopping deals, go to awaytravel.com GGE. Also, thanks to Native for supporting Girls Gotta Eat. Native makes safe, simple, effective products that people use every day with trusted ingredients and trusted performance. For 20% off your first purchase, visit at nativedeodorant.com and enter promo code GGE20 during checkout. Okay. Sorry, I mean to hit the word contiguous so hard. I'm glad but- that you
1: did it, not me, because you know I would have messed it up and people would have <laughs> flooded the message boards of how stupid I am. <laughs> I did have to look at
2: how to say it. I thought it might have been con- contiguous. I
1: thought it was contiguous. It means the 48 states. It means bo- ones that touch each other. So everything besides Hawaii
2: and Alaska. I would love to be contiguous with somebody right now. <laughs>
1: I would really love to feel a man's touch. (laughs) I'm going to leave right (laughs) after this. It's not going to be me. Um, We have a great episode for you guys today. Before we get into that, the announcements you guys have been waiting for, I'm going to let Ashley kick it off because we are living her dream. My dream, but really her dream.
2: Uh, My dream is coming true in February. We are going to Australia. (laughs) Finally, guys, you knew we were coming. We've only mentioned it for the last month, every week. Four months. Finally got those dates for you. We have shows in Sydney and... Melbourne she's doing it no okay I don't know how to say it you guys either. will tell us when we get there
1: yeah i people correct me and say Melbourne I try to mumble and I say like Melbourne
2: I, yeah I like to hit it like soft like croissant like I just do a light yeah. accent but here's the thing I don't it's not is it the thing of like you say Melbourne because that's your Australian accent like I wouldn't say Abitha. I would never say Abitha. I have no
1: idea I really right. don't know so we'll
2: find out when we get there guys you we guys will see you us. in Sydney on Saturday February 22nd Yep and you got it, melbourne <laughs> melbourne on, <laughs> i'm
1: trying to like say it so quietly i do like melbourne
2: melbourne on 25th of february
1: that theater is so beautiful the theater is so beautiful lizzo is going to be there next month uh, okay I'm, I can't so believe we're lizzo level guys
2: yeah. um oh yeah let's so the sydney comedy store yes and the
1: the Forum Theater in Melbourne.
2: Okay. Forum Theater. Guys, one really quick thing. You have sent us some messages about Brisbane. Brisbane. I don't know that one either. Oh, it was Brisbane. Like Biscayne. Brisbane. Uh, there's a Drake song. And he's. I thought he said condo in Brisbane, but it's Biscayne.
1: Oh, like keep Biscayne.
2: Condo on a Biscayne. Yeah. Anyway, maybe Drake has a condo in Brisbane too. I don't know. Okay. We don't know if we're coming there or not. We're going to try our best. We're going there to, to vacation. Yes. Um. So we will try our best. We just couldn't get it together with all the other tour dates. They were booking on this tour. We will try. No guarantees. Please, like, don't hold us accountable for
1: this. We, I promise that we're trying. Yeah, we're working on it. And then I'm going to go to Bali to take a vacation after our vacation. And Ashley's going to go to Mexico. Well, I have to go to a birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a flex have to go to a birthday party in mexico in Cabo, (laughs) i'm gonna take a vacation from you and go to bali probably alone it's gonna be a lot of me and you together i'm I'm amped yeah it's a lot of time together because
2: before that we are going to la and san diego but um so since still tickets available for la
1: yep
2: and houston and dallas still tickets available dc and
1: boston sold out
2: and then okay i'm gonna announce our other city (laughs) And then is going to announce okay. the other ones. Okay. We are also coming to Philly on April 18th. So excited. The
1: Fillmore Theater. The Fillmore
2: Theater is like our dream theater. It might
1: be my favorite place we're going to perform.
2: It's so incredible. It's actually right next to the punchline where we performed last year. But like the way it's set up is just what we live for. Yes. Moving on up the street. <laughs> Moving around the corner.
1: It's just like a fun concert hall. They have like chandeliers. And it just yes. looks like some balconies, mezzanines you guys can sit on. And I'm um, it's it's great it looks beautiful so we can't wait to be there um one year from our last show yes
2: exactly the same weekend or it's a weekend this year it wasn't on the, so we're doing what saturday night we're doing weekends now guys so we're
1: doing weekends now saturday night in
2: philly gonna see if gritty's available he'll probably big league us like he did last year some girl dm'd us and said that she has a
1: connect and i yep, said email they, do us. That,
2: they did last year too oh people are like i have a connect to gritty and then it's like to book gritty five thousand dollars <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, well, I told her to email us. So I was going to surprise no, you. No, someone,
2: she, she DM'd me too. Um, well,
1: if you're like related to Gritty or something. Do you
2: know Gritty, I heard he's hot mother. underneath there. Did I say this before? Some girl has met the guy that is in there.
1: There's not like a bunch of people that play there It There probably
2: is. I don't know. Maybe she was just fucking with me.
1: Oh my God. You know, I have like a furry fetish you make him like, fuck me with the costume on. Anyway,
2: guys, Gritty may or may not be there. I don't um, know. We'll see.
1: And then, Oh my God. I'm so excited. We're doing an improv tour of Florida. So we're starting <laughs> in Orlando, Tampa and Miami. So we'll be there um, late April. Uh, all of the improvs. We love a comedy club, we did not get to hit Orlando last time. We're going to hit Orlando. Yes. We're going to go to Disney world. Also, if you have any connects there that want to like, you know, give us a beautiful stay in Disney world. VIP we'll take experience.
2: it. Yes. Get if, my hair on the Bibbity bobbity boutique.
1: If you know me- <laughs> Mickey like Chris Stefano's daughter yeah
2: <laughs> spoiler alert we have Chris Stefano on next week anyway oh, he I took his daughter to the Bibbidi Bobbidi
1: Boutique instead of hanging out with me we made plans then he took his daughter we'll talk the about Disney next World. week yeah
2: um so those are the shows uh they're wait, all- hold on I don't want to just talk about Orlando Tampa I miss you every day I can't wait to back <laughs> in Tampa can't wait to go twerk in the Eboard district like I did last year and of course Miami is our second home so uh I just love it it's like we're <laughs> like what is our tour it doesn't make sense hey guys we're doing Australia Philly and Florida <laughs> like there's no logistical <laughs> sense we just try to go to each and Texas of- in between and then in between we're just going to go to texas you know what i mean like it's been great it just doesn't even. How do I live? Also, guys, if you have any koala connections, just hit me up. Like, you know, a good place where I can hold them. I know a lot of their habitats were just destroyed by the brush fires and I donated to that and stuff. So I just want to be clear, like we are aware of some of the bad stuff that's happened in Australia. So um, if I'll go, I'll go volunteer at a koala sanctuary, i nurse them back to health. I don't care if you guys know any place to go see koalas. If you know someone that has a koala in their home, I don't know if people are out here domesticating them. Are there I'll,
1: ethical places that are like more epi- like, you know, like you go to like Thailand and people were really like, "Don't go to like the elephant sanctuaries They're I like don't think it's persons. like that. I
2: don't think it's like that with with I know I know it's like that with tigers and elephants, but I think koalas are like a little bit different. But I don't. I know that you could only see them in like one or two of the territories. I think New South Wales is one of them. So anyway, you guys we'll have any it. recommendations there? But I know I think some of them have to go to sanctuaries after the brush fire. So I'll go visit. I'll donate. I'll I'll hold them. I'll give them a bottle. I don't care. I'll do whatever. I'll
1: give them a bottle <laughs> like you're nursing them. <laughs> I'll nurse them back to health. Um, I made a donation this week as well. What? to wikipedia (laughs) (laughs) you have to support the art I just I, I texted Ashley I was like I just did the weirdest thing she's like I do that too I just feel like I owe them for the amount of arguments they've helped me win I love that you said that that
2: was so funny when you said that to me okay here's the thing they really do ask though like when you when they're asking for donations around this time of year and you go to wikipedia they're like hey what's up you've been using this for free
1: to win arguments <laughs> we need your money i'm like click five dollars here you go i just respect it i watched i listened to um the how i built this about wikipedia which is a great podcast with guy roz and um yet they're they don't like make a profit they mm-hmm. don't make any money so yeah i've been using it for free for years i gave him 10 bucks 10 for all the knowledge oh girl I'm just, I'm wrong a lot. So, like, uh, the fact that I get to, like, side text Wikipedia to figure it out <laughs> helps me. <laughs> okay.
2: So, one thing, one last thing about the shows. I've got to read you this email that we got. Okay. Since. This is the 16th. We will have just done our holiday show in New York, our first one, and we are headed to Chicago today. If you're listening on the 16th, we have yeah. Chicago shows in the 17th, 18th, and then our last New York holiday show on the 19th. But I wanted to read this um, really funny email, Raina. The subject line is another listener who can't read. Did you see this? <laughs> yes, okay. I saw it. <laughs> so it. she said... Um, <laughs> she goes, I don't think any of your listeners know how to read, including myself. Between the wrong address on their online orders, choosing the wrong colors, or thinking the Chicago show was tonight, Tuesday the 10th. So this came through on Tuesday the 10th at 9.48 p.m. last week. She goes, I literally bought a ticket to see you guys with just me, myself, and I, aw, and drove to Talia Hall early to make sure I would get a good seat, considering I wasn't going with a group of friends. Got to the hall at 6 p.m. Strong. Show starts at eight. Two hours ahead, yep. And decided to go sit at the bar at the restaurant downstairs. Great restaurant, by the way. Great and- too order myself a drink and a cheeseburger, great cheeseburger mid bite. I mind you, this lady next to me was like, so have you seen a drag show before? (laughs) (laughs) And I literally was like, what are you talking about? Long story short, I used to wonder how in the world people could get dates wrong. Now I understand. Shout out to Rob Boyd, Talia Hall's beverage director, <laughs> beverage director for giving me two drink passes for when I return next week. Oh, I was
1: going to say we should buy her a drink I next know. week for coming down to Pilsen by herself alone. I bu- I love a woman that will sit at the bar and have a cheeseburger, take herself yes. on I think it's the sexiest thing in the world.
2: I know. So Sarah, we will see you next week. I just thought that was so funny that, <laughs> yeah, you're always like, Oh my God! These idiots! And then it happens to you. I told you this, Raina, that I, we were like coming down on all these people for uh, they're fucking up their online orders, and then I did like the most embarrassing thing ever. I like pr- said I didn't get this thing, and they were like, "It's in your mailbox," and it was in my mailbox because <laughs> I never checked my mailbox. I didn't think it was small enough to fit in the mailbox. It was there.
1: Well, we complained about that, but really, at the end of the day, like our listeners are like smarter than I am, first of all. But like, yeah, everybody makes mistakes.
2: But anyway, so we'll see you tomorrow, Sarah. And uh, <laughs> looking forward to it. Drinks are on Rob. Yeah. Talia Hall. I, I was gonna
1: offer, but now I don't have to. Please love them so much. I can't wait. Actually, last year we went to Talia Hall. We walked in what at four o'clock, and people were already pre gaming in Talia yeah. Hall because there's a restaurant at a crazy bar downstairs below the restaurant. Yeah, they like like
2: speakeasy. You know, it's so funny that that woman was like, "Have you ever been to a drag show before?" And that girl might have been like, "Wait, are they drag queens?" Like she didn't know. <laughs> like this whole time we've been in drag, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's that was... why we don't release the live shows. <laughs> that woman, that woman knew something she didn't. Like she's like.
0: Oh my God, and Ashley are just men
2: in drag. (laughs) (laughs) This is what a spoiler. Okay, Um, well we can't wait to be there.
1: I'm, I love Chicago. So my brother's coming to the shows, and his wife. I can't wait. I can't wait for you girls to still DM me and ask if he's single. I can't wait. Um, speaking of being single, I am single again.
2: (laughs) You were you (laughs) were single. You didn't have a
1: boyfriend. Ashley's like that's not true. You didn't have a boyfriend. I'm your boyfriend. (laughs) <laughs> um i, I did want to give a little update about my dating life okay um just because like i felt like i learned a valuable lesson <laughs> <laughs> okay um so i i'm not seeing that guy in charleston anymore and i don't know it's just so if you guys haven't been following
2: along you met this guy at, when we toured there and have been like a little back and forth and then you went to visit him because yeah. you know some people this could be their first episode if it is welcome we're so glad, glad to, to have the show. you here. We're so glad to have you. Don't DM us, but we're
1: so glad. <laughs> <laughs> the the rules are
2: no DMs. No, just kidding.
1: Um. So, yeah, I mean, uh, look, it probably wasn't going to be like a long-term match. She doesn't live here. And in my mind, like, I'm like, oh, la-di-da, I don't care. Like, I'll go travel and visit somebody all the time. But, like, I think regular people don't – aren't dying to have a long-distance relationship. Right. Anyway, so um, it just kind of, like, fizzled. And, like, I just – like wasn't hearing from him as much. And I was just like bummed. I just like spent like every day for like a few days just like in this fog and I was upset. And I was just like, I feel like the communication's different. I was like beating myself up so much. And like and I had a couple drinks and decided to be passive aggressive and say something about it. But like I said, like I think that you ghosted out of this in a way that I don't really like, and I'm kind of bummed about it. And like his response luckily was great. And like he sort of defended himself and then he called me and we were on the phone for a while. I'm. Um, But I just was thinking about like, you know, we girls say all the time that guys go to them. And do I say anything about it? Like, I think that you do. And I think that like if you give somebody your time and your energy and in my case, like my money, you know, I got on a plane. I went Mm visit this person. I think that like if you are emotionally vulnerable to to a person not after one or two dates, but like. After a month and a half of seeing somebody like I think that you deserve to say like, hey, this happened and we interacted with each other and you're like ghosting out of this. And it's a bummer. and like, what's going on here? And I don't think there's anything weak or pathetic or wrong with saying that. I 100% agree. And I'm really lucky in the sense that, like, he's a great person. I don't have really anything bad to say about him. And um, it we talked for an hour. I mean, he was really nice. He picked up the phone and he called. And I think that I tried to make it not super accusatory. And I yeah. think that when you approach people in a non accusatory way, you're always going to get a better result. But he was like, I like you so much. I think you're amazing. Like, I haven't felt this way about somebody in a really long time. But, like, let's be realistic about this. You live there. I live here. I hate New York. I don't ever want to live there. Yeah. And he was like, even this city is too big for me. I want to, like, sell all my shit and live on a boat somewhere. Yeah. He goes, aren't aligned no and i think that like just he was honest with me about it and i can't argue with that like we don't want the same things in life and i think that like it was nice to have that conversation and he was really kind and complimentary, but also like I realized that I was like beating myself up all week and I was like sick about this and in a fog and so upset. And like when we just had the conversation, it like waved this wand where I was like, Oh, I'm fine. Yeah. This is just like, this wasn't like my soulmate. No. And you just, the thing that you're upset about is that somebody's disrespecting you as a person and not treating you like a human. Yeah. And like, it's your ego that hurts. It's not like you're, I mean, yes, for some people, but for me, this is less than a two month long relationship. So like, I'm not madly in love with this guy. He's wonderful. It's great. But yeah, I just like want to talk about that because I think that you always deserve to ask somebody like, hey, what's going on?
2: I think 100% you did. I think we've said this before probably in
1: other episodes, but
2: I think you go on one, two dates with somebody. They don't maybe necessarily owe you an explanation. I think you can always ask, but I think at the end of the day, you never know. They might have got back with their ex. They might have something gone wrong in their family. Like you just never know. But like when you have sex with somebody and you spend nights with them, especially for you again, like you you travel down there, like you definitely owe somebody something. Yeah. Like I, I was seeing that guy long distance and I decided I don't really want to be with him anymore. And I like left and to get myself out of the situation. And I opened it up for him to give me a call if he wanted to discuss it like once, you know, later. I think I totally owed him that. It would have been really awkward to be like, I just stopped liking you. <laughs> but like I would have afforded him that. We spent a lot weekends together, whole week, like, you know, like. There's just a line where I think you spent enough time with somebody and they do owe you an explanation. Yeah,
1: and you've shared intimacy with somebody and you've shared personal, private yes, things about yes. your life with yeah. them. And yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of sex with each other and that's important also. But like, yeah, really intimate, private moments we've shared together. We're on the phone every single day. And right. he was pursuing me really heavily. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, I deserve an explanation. And now, like, since that conversation, like, I'm not mad. I don't feel bad. Like, it probably wasn't my long-term soulmate. But like, we can be cool. Like, yeah. we're not... We've we've talked since then. We text. I don't think that, like, I want to leave the door open for some manipulative situation where he gets to talk to me every day. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to say that. I think it's important to, like, ask those questions. You might not get what you want from a person, but you deserve to get an answer. Yeah. So, yeah, I just want to talk about that and give you guys an update. So that's the um, update. And um, you wanted to tell me a story and then we'll get into the episode. Okay. If I want to
2: hear the story. I, I have not told you this, so I wanted to save her for the podcast. Okay. It's just something like little and stupid, but it has to do with doorman dick. Dong.
1: <laughs> I love your doorman, by the way.
2: OK, I love my doorman, too. Um, so, OK, we've said it before. Again, if you're new here, they there's like five doormen. They're all like attractive and put together. Some of them have girlfriends, like they've mentioned their girlfriends or one one guy mentioned his wife or, you know, whatever. But um, there's one that I feel like I am just like semi flirty with. I don't have a crush on him. We just like, you know, he's an attractive guy. I flirt with all of them. You flirt with all of them. It's just friendly flirty. I'm not like pining for him. But there is one that I feel like is single, thought he was single and whatever. He's the hottest one. I think he's as one so and like he's there late at night sometimes i come in a little boost up and we like chat whatever um and i was out at this little event thing last weekend with two people that i've met in the building they're a couple and i met them on the roof one time and we've stayed in touch and the girl's this jewelry designer she's great and her husband or husband husband yeah um and I'm talking to them and we're talking about the doorman because we're like talking shit about the building and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, guys, who's your favorite? You know, like who's your favorite doorman? And we start talking about this stuff. And I said, well, this is my favorite one. And they're like, well, yeah, I mean, I, I can see that, you know, like, and then the guy I was like, I, I feel like I'm a little like flirty with him sometimes. And the guy like that lives in the building goes, yeah, he's married. And I said, what? what?
1: <laughs> I did not get married vibes from that guy.
2: And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe he hasn't hasn't like told me or something like we have conversations like you come in late at four in the morning after having a night out you talk to your door for like 10 minutes he should be talking about his wife he doesn't wear a ring I'm not saying that he's like hiding it but maybe he wears a ring I never noticed whatever bottom line I did not know he was married and I like was joking you know me I love to like cut up and make people laugh so I start saying like I am so pissed about this (laughs) he did not tell me he was married and I'm like jokingly acting like pissed off and I was like, I can't believe this. He's never mentioned her to me. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> like, you guys are dating? and um, All the times we went out together in the lobby. And I'm like
2: making all these jokes and all this stuff. And I, that was that. I left the little event I was at. The next day when I talked to the doorman, he brought his wife up not once. Not twice. Three times he brought his wife up in conversation. It was like a 30 second conversation you guys I, had. He just kept bringing her up. He said, "My wife and I watched one of your stand up videos. My wife
1: this, my wife that." I was like, "What the fuck?" And I was like, "I know that couple put me on blast." What did they come in and they Absolutely. They're like, "Ashley's into you." And he's like, "I got to let her know that I have a wife, that her not, the wife knows about you now. He told the wife about you." So, I
2: was like, "I cannot believe my new friends in this building would do me so dirty." And then we got this funny email. Funny email. I, I think I found it funny. It was like meet the team. Basically, I feel like here's all your doormen, all your supers, so you can tip them for the holidays, right? Like it was a pamphlet of like pictures and all the people, which is nice because I am gonna tip all them and I want to make sure I get everybody covered, right? But I think that's why they sent it right before the holidays, right? It was very cute. It was like get to know your team. It's like a, we've all lived here for months, but okay. Yeah. So the girl that lives here, she sent it to me and she was like, I bet you love this, like
0: to so masturbate the pictures of all
2: the doorman. <laughs> and then i was like since she, i said since you brought it up did you and your husband say something
1: <laughs> <laughs> and she said no oh my god we would never so i know they blocked you okay
2: i just can't imagine they would say something that's so weird like they're <laughs> adults like i can't and plus i'm kidding guys for this is all a joke How i'm not could it come up trying to date the doorman
1: Huh? How could it come up in conversation? I can't imagine how she'd like organically. That's what I'm bring saying. I do not think her and her husband came
2: home after that event and was like, oh my God, dude, Ashley is really into you. You got to tell her you're married. But I just find it suspicious that I've talked to him on what, almost every day since September 1st. He never mentioned his wife. I say something about it. He brings her up three times in one convo. What are the fucking odds that he <laughs> And does then, then, guys, what happened the other night was Rain and I were leaving <laughs> this apartment and he came in and I, like, was like, oh, hey, and kind of like hit him like playfully, like on his shoulders. Like, hey, good to see you. And then Reyna goes, just out of my body
1: for no reason at all. Like nothing. I just go, Aww. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? He doesn't even know me. So it's like it's like I know that there's some kind of like back. It, like it's like we've been talking about him. Yes. Like if
2: he if he really if this whole thing is true that he thinks I have a crush on him, which again I
1: don't. You guys, it's all a joke. That point I point. went and it's like I'm like complicit. Play, the whole thing playfully swatted him, and you go oh yeah. It's like I've been waiting for this to happen. Like I'm complicit. I in almost it. almost died. <laughs> he was like oh my wife's on her way. Like I mean he probably was like I gotta
2: get my wife in here to show Ashley so she stops hitting on me
1: i didn't know why that was so funny by the way for like the whole week ashley's like i gotta tell you this i'm gonna tell you on the podcast oh that is funny all we do is embarrass ourselves in front of those doormen yeah i I flirt with all of them i just can't do you think that couple told them told him no because i can't imagine how that would like organically come up without them being like ashley is such a slut oh my god she's so obsessed with you it's weird coincidence though because
2: when he brought up his wife it she really didn't need to it's like he found a way in the combo to bring her up
1: yeah the way other men find a way not to bring it up (laughs) (laughs) yeah
2: so he's (laughs) one of the good
1: ones (laughs) and the hottest one all right well that's good to know i gotta find out if one of them is gay and if the other one has a wife yeah all hot yeah two
2: i think one is now i know two of them have a wife one of them has a girlfriend and then the one is like 12
1: you've been doing some late night sleuthing (laughs) who's 12 the new one. He just looks so young. So that's right up your alley. And that's the one you like the most. <laughs>
2: and then the other one we just were unsure about. You're just going to slide right past He's like, that one. <laughs> Okay. Because of what just happened. Guys, here's the thing. Here's what happened. Young men have been sliding into my DMs. And when I say young, I mean high, high school. school. So we, I, Hannah Burner posted a clip of me on her podcast in which I said I like fucked football players or whatever in college. And someone slid in my DMs and was like, hey, I heard you like football players. What's up? I looked him up. He's a high school football player.
1: He's a senior in high school. <laughs> You made fun of me so much this summer when I met that guy at the bar at the Starbird, who was friends with my brother. He was brothers of one of my brother's friends. He had just graduated high school like last week, Wait. and he still DMs me about like coming to shows and stuff. And he's like hot and tall. He looks like he was. Entity. He was so hot. You made fun of me. Right now, I, you, now we're both dating high schoolers. I gotta tell you what
2: else this guy said. This DM I got just random DM slide yesterday at two ten p.m. You're so gorgeous. If you cheated on me, I'd be the one apologizing. <laughs> he graduates from college in 2021 he's a child he's- is he even 21 years old yet no if if he's if he, i would so he's a are s- you
1: gonna do it
0: no is but who are let these guys
1: this- <laughs> he looks kind of hot i know that like that like 19 year old okay, candy 20- kid looks dm me i coming to our show in pittsburgh and he was like maybe i'll show up and i was like maybe i'll let you it was so he- and creepy. i was like rayna who was that hot guy and you're like he's a child literally it's like 19
2: which is still of age, guys. Don't get us arrested. Twenty twenty one college, so
1: we'll be just entering the nursing school. So not world. this,
2: not like this next spring of college grads will be twenty twenty. So he graduates from college two years from now, basically. He's nineteen, so he's oh he could gosh. be twenty. I think I graduated from college. I was twenty two. All
1: right, well they can get back in the eighties. Kids want to fuck too, you know. <laughs> oh my god when did you say that like the second episode. The second episode <laughs> it was so so long ago deep cut I just yelled it such at a you. deep cut kids kids want to fuck too all right we should get it all episode. right let's get in the episode speaking of kids we're talking about family today oh yeah great transition um okay really so maybe, but um <laughs> uh, we are we're doing it we're really doing it um I'm really excited about this episode today we have searched far and wide for somebody to cover this topic with uh justice to it. Mm-hmm. Um so we're talking about families today um in the house studio with us and Dewey we have a licensed marriage and family therapist. She has her own private practice in New York City. She does tons of speaking events, retreats, workshops. She has a huge Instagram account called Mindful MFT which focuses on transformation through self and relationship awareness. Um welcome to the House Studio Vienna Farron. Thank
0: you for having me. Thanks for being here. Vienna Farron. That's mm-hmm. the that, name, right? That's the name. <laughs> that name Go back. either way. That yeah. could be a porn name. It could be it could like be. a classy one. Thank you. I I appreciate that <laughs> detail. <laughs> porn star slash therapist. Yeah, we're we're off to a good start. <laughs> yeah.
1: Is that your married name or is that your name? Yeah,
0: that's my name. That's my, name. my original name. Oh, I I did keep my your last main name. name. Okay. Yeah. Born and raised. Yes, born yeah. and raised. That was a thing. That was a thing. That was a conversation. That was a hard one to keep the name. Well,
2: I don't. Someone <clears> to <throat> me the other day, a woman, my mom's friend, mm-hmm. my mom, like. My mom, she's just really like liberal and feminist and she's been out of the game a while. You know, she was just like, are women still taking men's names? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted to do it, but I um, like today I wouldn't do it because you and I have this like no, career yeah. and like we've built like a name for ourselves and you too, like as a therapist, mm-hmm. like I just think like when I was getting married, I was like, one family, one name. Taking the name, I ordered all this shit with the his merch. Name you ordered the it. merch. I ordered the merch. <laughs> I changed my open table name to his name. Whoa. But but some people like yeah. so when she said that to me, I we were
2: at a wedding when she said it, and I go, we, "Cookie, yeah, her name's Cookie." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, they like my last girlfriend that got married changed it that day uh-huh. on Facebook." You know what I mean? Like it's still a thing.
0: It was. I mean, it's been my name for thirty three years. At the time we got married uh, in April, and. Uh, Yeah. It was like very confronting. I was like, this has been my name though. Like this is my identity. This has been my name. I love my name. I feel connected to it. I have a great relationship with my dad who hold, like to me, that was something that I wanted to, to hold. And it was a it was definitely a interesting conversation that was confronting yeah. for both of us, but we landed on it, and we have we have fully accepted.
1: And you stayed together. We stayed Sorry, together. I, don't know why I went down that path. I don't no, know, I but here it is. Um, we're talking about but Yeah, families. if you hate your dad,
2: it's easier to change it. Maybe. That yeah. happened to a friend of mine. She was like, "Get this. Yeah, I don't want this my, Get my dad's name out of here.
1: It's fair." <laughs> Yeah, uh, But tell us a little more about yourself, like what your practice focus is on. Are you from New York? Obviously sure. you're married, you're young, you're beautiful. Mm. Tell us anything else about you. Yeah. So
0: as you said, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. So I work with individuals and couples all within the context of relationships, family systems. Um, sometimes there's one person in the room. Sometimes there's six people in the room. Um, oh very uh, interesting and beautiful work. Um, I'm from New Jersey originally. Uh, grew up there. I'm an only child. My parents went through a separation when I was in first grade. Their divorce took nine years <gasps> at the time. It was the record for New Jersey. Um, what? so like, we, well, if you're gonna we do like, like, best. yeah, you just like, you go strong, you go hard. Um, <laughs> what do you mean? <clears throat> although I believe now that, that record actually, I know Bethany that record I don't know. Maybe. Was it because of like bunny or how does something take I don't even, I think it's just like constant fighting, right? There's like always one more thing. There's always Uh one more negotiation. That's funny that it was longer than you had been alive. (laughs) Yeah. Like you were six or whatever. And they were, they were like,
1: that's funny. Let's talk about it more. Not funny, but I think. (laughs) Well,
0: you know, at this point it's, it's, it's totally fine to talk about it and we can poke fun at it a little bit. Um, But I think during that time was when I started to observe relationships a lot and obviously Mm -hmm. something that was strung out for so long um you know you're you're in the mess of it right you're in the muck of it and you see the battle going off and um you know, from that point, I think, you know, when you go through something like that and you observe it and you witness how it's impacting both of them. Uh, for me, I wanted to make sure that I never had to go through something like that, mm-hmm. you know, so like from an unevolved space, I was like, I need to go into understanding relationships cause I never want to go through that, um, for my own life. Um, and then from a more evolved space, which I've, which I've gotten to now I see the value in learning about what makes healthy relationships healthy, what makes, you know, dysfunctional and healthy relationships do the things that they do and that we as a society don't generally get great education around how to have healthy relationships outside of our family systems, Mm -hmm. you know, like watching our families is our first education. It's our first template for all things. And so, um, yeah, so it's, it developed into my work as a, as a couples therapist. I work, a lot with couples and and then individuals uh within you know like dating going through divorces that type of thing um obviously dating in new york city is a really we thrilling fun exciting event that we do um so <laughs> yeah so that's a little bit about me um what else
1: okay so we want to talk to you today about like if basically just like the how families affect your romantic relationships Mm -hmm. so if you're the partner and you're like they don't like me i don't know how to deal with it and like i said i don't like them Mm -hmm. um and then how to be a partner in that situation between like you and your romantic partner and then also when you're allowed to speak up and all those things but i thought that a good place to start would be like either a couple or an individual walks into your office and says like i just i really struggle with this family dynamic between Mm -hmm. my partner's family and myself and whether it's like I just don't feel like anybody's nice to me. Or mm-hmm. an example that you brought up, which is like, I don't think anybody asks me any questions, mm-hmm. and they don't show any interest in me. And like, I have seen personal family dynamics where like the mother makes jabs at the daughter in law a lot, mm-hmm. and things. are like, like, what do you say to like, what's day one of therapy for you?
0: Yeah, I mean, day one I think is. N- understanding if the partner sees it the same way as you do so sometimes you'll have both people say yes i like i can report that these facts are correct we're the same team yeah we're on the same team i see what you're talking about and then other times you may have the partner whose loyalty can go more towards the family system and I think when that partner is not able to see what it is that you're saying that part's a, that's that's really hard right so I think we probably have to talk about either both. or yeah. yeah right because I think when you do have a partner who's like you're right like I see everything that you're saying and I'm sorry that you're having to deal with this and, and going through it um, obviously those conversations can be a little bit easier than the ones when you're having to like fight for it and like try you're really desperately trying to get your part to just see your perspective, absolutely, and, you know, like have your back. They're and, not even
2: comparable. Yes. Like, I
0: feel like I could put up with a lot if my partner was recognizing it and
2: validating me, as For opposed sure. to like him not knowing his mom's a psycho. Sure. Yeah. Like, how do you, <laughs> I don't no, know that, where and to that's, start with that. that?
0: That's right. And I think you know, a lot of couples do come in and they can see it, right? They can see it, um, and they can talk about it. And that part is, yeah, it's it is really helpful. I think you know, what I find with a lot of individuals and couples is that as we're growing up and getting older and we're starting to challenge certain things in our lives where we're like, oh, like this belief system, like I don't, I don't jive with it anymore. You know, we start checking ourselves as we, as we age and dive into some of our, you know, self-awareness work. And so as we are sort of distancing from beliefs that maybe our family system still holds on to um you know you can see that separation and we start working towards just accepting that a family system may believe certain things that you no longer believe or they might never change you know we were talking about this earlier where it's like at some point where do i have to let go of trying to get somebody to see my perspective or care about me in the way that i really want you to care about me um ask me questions because that feels really reasonable and appropriate um where you do accept the capacity to which like a family member may or may not go but if you have your partner who's on board with you right I think that that the acceptance part of that is is much easier
1: you're so right I never thought about it like that like I could probably you're right I could probably accept Mm -hmm. not really loving my partner's family as long as my partner was like yeah they're annoying Mm -hmm. and this sucks and I'm on your side
2: yeah it's two separate things so I guess let's talk about the harder one where like you your partner has not seen what you're seeing Mm -hmm.
1: so like I'll give you an example of a couple that I know and like I think the mother makes jabs at the Mm daughter-in-law a lot Mm -hmm. and her husband sees it but doesn't thinks that she provokes it a little bit Mm -hmm. and so I think he sort of acknowledges the behavior but is still like well you sort of set yourself up for this and I don't agree with that at all Mm -hmm. whatsoever I think that she's wonderful and I've watched it happen and Mm -hmm. I don't agree with that so like if you're the partner like how do you fight back against that if your other partner is just like yeah well you brought this on yourself or deal with it. Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I would want to know what feels concerning about going up against mom or setting that boundary with mom or like, why does that feel threatening to the, the husband? I think it's the husband in this, this case where it's like, like, what is confronting about that? What's the threat about doing that? If you see what it is your partner is saying, but you just don't want to confront mom, like why, right? Like what about that dynamic? What about that family system is blocking that? Like, are you a son who has always wanted to please mom? Are you a son who um, knows that if you go up against mom, she becomes critical or she might cut you then? Or like, you know, there's, there's a reason why a person doesn't go into that space. And especially when you're saying like, no, like if you're an objective viewer of it and you're like she's great and she's fine and she's not really doing anything provoking um, that, you know, is reasonable to get that type of response, then you do want to look at why that other person feels concerned or threatened or has some type of stress response to actually using his voice to say something.
1: Have you seen situations where like the son or who I'm just, I'm just talking to like sons and Whatever, mm-hmm. and the son will go back to the mom and say like the wrong verbiage like well you're pissing her off all the time and mm-hmm. you need to be nicer to her versus yeah, like hey abso- I'm a team with her and I need you to I see this and I need you to be nicer.
0: Yeah that first one is I'm throwing my partner under the bus because I don't want to take accountability and ownership in this space. I don't want to own how it is that I'm feeling, but I'm going to relay the information so that she remains the bad guy and I don't have to be the one who deals with whatever's coming back at me. Right. So it's like, it's really important for in partnership for both people to be able to own what it is they're experiencing and name it and, you know, have that conversation if, you know, if they're willing to, like, I don't know where the relationship goes if there's no loyalty in it. That's really hard over and over and over again, right? If your partner can't see what your experience is or finds a way to invalidate it or finds a way to dismiss it, right? That's gonna, that is going to tear at the relationship over and over and over again at a certain point. It may tear Too much. Right. And I mean, it's just tricky because
2: old people don't change. Mm -hmm. Like they can, but I see a lot of friends that have these problematic parents and they're just like stuck in their ways. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know what what they I mean, how often do you see like a mom be like, You're right. Mm -hmm. I should be nicer. (laughs) Like it's just (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Like have you seen I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, so I generally say people people are not going to change until they're going to change. So like I'm not gonna sit here and predict that like You'll never change for the rest of your life. I use my dad as an example because he was, um, so he was blessed with a therapist as a daughter. <laughs> so he was going to go up against this for a while, but he used to be um, like a really reactive, um, manipulative kind of gas lighter who um, like, I was the only person who could really track what he was doing. And so I would really battle with him because he couldn't get it over me. Um, and so, becoming a therapist, like he, he really clung to that way of being and living for a really long time. And I think, you know, my dad is now, he's turning 82. Um, so he's, he's definitely older. Mm -hmm. Um, and in the last, I'd say probably six or so years, um, I just kept bringing things forward and naming them with him. You're being invulnerable right now. You're being defensive. I'd really like to know how you feel. And I would just keep going with him. And he has changed Mm -hmm. in drastic ways. And he is so wonderful, so honest, so vulnerable, like we will bring his, I mean, still a struggle with certain things, but like I have seen him make shifts. So that may be, um, you know, one in a few, because I do agree that a lot of times people can get so stuck in their ways and they, are unwilling to do the work to really dislodge themselves from their patterns and their programming so I would agree that you generally go into this with the acceptance that I'm not banking on you changing right and so if I'm not banking on you changing the only thing that I can control is me right it's how I respond to it it's what I do with it it's how I engage with it it's the boundaries that I set with it and I that's the only thing that I can you know attach to Yeah. All right. Well, we're just going to take a very quick break to talk about
2: some of our partners for this episode and we'll be right back. First off, I am telling
0: you guys about Away.
2: You know that we love Away luggage so much. As you're listening to this, we literally might be traveling to Chicago right now, both with our Away suitcases in hand. Uh, They make affordable, high-quality suitcases that also charge your phone. So the phone charger is great. Charge all your devices with your suitcase. And I cannot stress how high-quality and lightweight these suitcases are for really affordable prices that you're not gonna find elsewhere for this type of quality. Uh, The best part is the four 360-degree spinner wheels. They won't get stuck. They won't break. I don't even have to pull my suitcase behind me. It just rolls right next to me with a light touch in the handle. If you're still pulling your suitcase behind you in end of 2019, 2020, you need to upgrade your life. You are not living your best travel life at all. They are theft proof. The patent pending interior compression system helps you pack better. So even if you're an overpacker, you can stuff everything in there that you need. Lifetime warranty. If anything breaks, they'll replace or fix it. And there is a risk-free 100 day trial period. If at any point you decide it's not for you, return it for a full refund. No questions asked. The suitcase cases are beautiful. You guys have probably seen them all over Instagram all kinds of colors, whatever you're into. You want black, navy, hunter green, whatever. And they always offer limited edition colors as well. There are four sizes, the carry-on, the bigger carry-on, the medium, and the large. I have the carry-on, the bigger carry-on, and the medium. And I actually just bought a medium for my mom for Christmas. Don't tell her. Uh, on that note, they make incredible holiday gifts. I got mine for Christmas a couple years ago, and I'm returning the favor with my mom this year. So also for holiday travel, they are such a must. They're just going to make the travel experience so much better, so much less stressful when you're not Lugging a bag behind you, we're obsessed, and we have a deal for you guys. Of course, traveling during the holidays can get crazy, but getting away can make every trip a lot more seamless. To learn more and find last minute shopping deals, go to awaytravel.com/gge. If you're in the contiguous US, you can place an order by noon on 1219 to get free ground shipping with guaranteed free delivery by 1224. That's awaytravel.com/gge, and you're going to get that free shipping if you order by noon on 1219.
1: Yes, and I'm telling you guys about feels. Um, You guys know I talk about CBD oil. All the time, Um, so it is the perfect thing for stress, anxiety, chronic pain, trouble uh, sleeping—the kind of things that everybody experiences all the time. You're not alone. I experienced it as well. So we we are partnering with a company called Feels. That's F E A L S. They're a premium CBD delivery company, and they deliver it right to your doorstep. And it'll naturally help you reduce things like stress, anxiety, pain, sleeplessness. Uh, Basically, it's just a little bit of oil. You put a couple droplets under your tongue, hold it for just a minute, and then honestly, you feel better right away. If you're new to CBD feels offers free CBD hotlines for you guys and text message support help guide you through the personal experience it's all natural there's no high there's no hangover from it and there's no addiction unlike any other kind of products so completely natural and it can help you guys feel your best every single day too Uh, so they have a membership program you can join feels to get it delivered to your doorstep every single month and you'll save money on every order you can also pause or cancel anytime we're giving you guys a discount as always become a member today Day going to feels.com slash gge that's f-e-a-l-s and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping that again is dot com slash gge to become a member and get 50% off automatically taken off your first order with free shipping feels.com slash gge okay back to vienna okay
2: so just we can kind of wrap up this segment and kind of move on to the other part the more preferable relationship but like you're a woman, your partner, you are not getting along with his family, you guys keep butting heads, whatever it is, his mom, his sister, whoever, and he does not see it. I mean, what what is the I know there's no answer. I know every situation is different. Mm-hmm. Like we can't just put everything into a box, but are is it just you go straight to the therapist <laughs> office? Or I mean, is there language you can use? I mean, how do you see a breakthrough happen?
0: Is sometimes the third person is helpful. There's right. a lot of people who will come in and, you know, one partner will um will be saying something and then I will say something and the other person gets it. Yeah. <laughs> then the original person is like, really? Are you allowed to curse? Oh God. Yeah. Curse it up girl. <laughs> like what in the actual fuck I've been saying this for so long. And now she says it once and yes. you like get it and hear it. And so yes, sometimes it is about um, having a third party come into it. Who's able to reflect back what's being like what I'm observing. Right. But I think, probably one of the most important things is that when you're having that experience, not wavering from it, right. Not backing down from it, not like, throwing in the towel and being like, I guess this is how I'll be treated. You know, like that you just stay firm and committed and grounded to this is the experience and I'm and I'm not okay with it, right? I think like what we're talking about are things for people where they don't feel okay with how they're being treated. And so the negotiation for them is not to become okay with how they're being treated, right? Like they are observing something that doesn't feel okay for them and they have to stay to it. So it's still voicing it. It's still bringing it forward. Um, it's, you know, I think sometimes we can become accusatory about the family. And so owning like how it is you feel, obviously in therapy, we talk a lot about starting with I statements, um, which I think like sometimes is the role of the eye and like a little bit annoying and feels elementary, but there is something about just saying like, listen, this is my experience of what's going on. And, and I feel like less than I don't feel honored in this space as opposed to your mom's a bitch or like I can't stand your family or, like that is going to be the thing that puts somebody on the defensive, especially if they like care about their family or love their family, don't want to see their family as flawed. And so when you can start to invite them into understanding their perspective and saying maybe the intention is not meant to be this way, but the impact on me is I feel not part of this family I don't feel seen right like if somebody's not asking any questions sure. All right so you can change that language a little bit um, but if somebody's really defending against their family I probably would recommend a third party coming into the equation and yeah. trying to navigate it that way I
1: and- mean I think the implication is that like you're not the enemy like you you love this person you care about them yeah. and you do want to make it better because you want to get along with their family the people they love it's not because you're the bad guy want to fight with people like you feel bad in a situation because these are people that you really want to get along with and mm-hmm. it's. It's such a bummer when you can't, yeah. you know, and it, it feels really demeaning and shitty and horrible. And I'm sorry. What were you going to say?
2: No, nothing. Not that I'm just saying like, I'm sure I'm, I'm assuming pe- this is why people break up too, mm-hmm. where it's like, I can't handle this and you are not seeing what I'm seeing sure. and this will never change. Sure. And this is our third Christmas and I hate this mm-hmm. and your family is mean to me and you will not take my side and we're done. I mean, I've assumed sometimes there's just like a breaking point for people for
0: sure. Well, and-, but,
2: because, and also like a guy. I'm just going to say, because we're talking, not going to therapy. You know what I mean? Like refusing to acknowledge it. And it's like, well, that's going to be the rest of my life. So mm-hmm. see ya. I'm going to find somebody that
0: validates me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And you don't that, have
1: to be best friends with people. You just still have to feel respect when you go into their homes. For you sure. Know? I, I don't need to be best friends with all my significant others' moms, but I do need to be acknowledged and respected.
0: Yeah. And as we said at the beginning of, of the podcast, it's like, as long as you feel like you do have a teammate who sees it, you know, like how sometimes with couples, they have their own little like language or their look or the like grab under the table and you like squeeze the knee or whatever it is. And it's like, when you feel that sense of like, okay, you've got me. So that's our, like, I don't have to get caught up in this. That does, That is relieving. And then there are boundaries. Like maybe we only go for a couple of hours mm-hmm. and then we don't stay over. You know, if it's like a Thanksgiving or, you know, some something over the um, like December holidays, like, so that I think is important when you can trust that you're your person that can see your perspective, um, even if those people then don't respect or change at all.
2: Right. And I mean, I, that's to me, I, if I was dating somebody and their family was really terrible and we just didn't like each other, if he didn't either and he's like, we just got to deal mm-hmm. with this. Like, I'd be like, OK, this is your family. I'm not trying to if you're not trying to change your
1: family, I'm not trying to change your family mm-hmm. as long as. We're on the same page. Right. Do you think there is anything you can do in those situations? Like, if your partner agrees with you and you're like, I just really don't like these people, you
2: stay in a hotel instead of like being in the home. Yeah. For sure. Right. And just like, yeah, minimizing the time, like, boundaries probably are important too. Boundaries
0: are important. Having a little bit of a plan is important. If you're going into um, their home, um, like, his family's home or your home, right? Having that plan ahead of time of, you know, do we need to stay at a hotel? Do we, how many days are we actually staying there? What's the plan for the day? Do we get out of the house to go get a coffee instead of like having breakfast with them? Like, How do we take that time away so that, you know, if my limit is like two or three hours before I need that break, you know, it's it's that you guys agree on it ahead of time so that you're not sort of in like in the midst of it all and then looking for your, you know, lifeline so yeah thinking about it ahead of time is is important i think having some humor with it too is good you know i think when couples do see eye to eye um for example if somebody doesn't ask any questions you know you just insert yourself and you start talking about yourself and right. it's just like there's like humor to it you sort of know what the other person is doing yeah. and you're and you're backing them right. um but yeah setting boundaries and knowing what's going to allow you to just be grounded in that space is is probably the most helpful thing
2: because i assume, i i picture scenarios where like you don't put the plan in place ahead of time and you don't alert your family the the partner that that's it's their family they don't alert them to like hey mm-hmm. Ashley and I are going to go do this other thing at this time. And then you're stuck in a situation where the mom's like, well, I thought you were doing this with us. And then it just
1: all blows up. And then Ashley becomes the bad guy. Right. You like, know? like it makes yes, you then look the, like the bad yes, guy. And
2: then the guy, like maybe he's floundering and he's mm-hmm. just like, well, it's because Ashley or, you know, I think yeah. that it's like this lack of communication up top. For sure. Cause I think you can talk to a family. And I'm, I don't have the therapist here, but Ahead of time and be like, just FYI, we're doing this, and this is how we're gonna do it. And the mom might freak out then, but at least she's had time. I keep saying, mom, the family member might freak out then, but at least they have time to simmer down and Mm -hmm. and accept it before you arrive. Mm -hmm. I like that,
1: and you're right. And I think as long as you, it doesn't look like Ashley showed up for Christmas. (laughs) Ashley has a problem with everybody, and now me and Ashley (laughs) are leaving. Uh Okay, but I have a question. I don't want to weed and drugs. Get, oh. just get drunk <laughs> alcohol alcohol could not help a situation more <laughs> or make it worse though <laughs> um somebody sent us an email about um i think that m- parents and siblings are very different in these situations like if a parent doesn't like you i sort of feel like they're not gonna be around forever i can talk <laughs> this <out>. <laughs> <laughs> I can wait it out till they die. Also, like they're not gonna change. They're of another generation. But if a sibling, unless she's, I mean, brothers are never gonna not like you. it's sisters that don't like. Do you have different advice when it's the person that's your age that doesn't like you? And like why? Okay, so I'll just give you like I had a boyfriend for a while. The sister just had no interest in being around me. We'd make plans with her, she'd cancel them, mm-hmm. we'd buy tickets to things she wouldn't show up. She just had this like issue with me mm-hmm. and no i mean yeah i'm sure people have an issue with me but she and i just never spent any time she just was not interested i think she felt like someone was taking her brother away mm-hmm. from her she didn't even know me there was no reason for a problem with me right. so um is there like different advice if it's a sibling?
0: And, but what you just described is someone who is lacking their own self-awareness. Well, oh. sure. Like upset me. Like <laughs> he has, didn't like
1: it when I make <clears throat> jokes about her him wanting to But you do her. see that. I had a yeah. friend that
0: that was the same thing <laughs> with her husband. The, <laughs> that, sister, <laughs> it, yeah.
2: the sister like didn't relax yeah. until she found somebody and got married. Mm-hmm. She was like, yeah.
0: Had a weird thing with her brother. So you, you, right? So we don't know what's happening in their internal world. But when somebody doesn't like you for for no reason, right? You can assume that there is something that's going on internally for them that they haven't been able to address and really iron out. So you know, I think culturally we find we have so much pressure around like family systems all fitting together, and we're going to be one big happy family, and everybody's going to get along, and that's not. That's not true. I, I think that needs to be updated mm-hmm. because really what we find is that most people are are moving away from trying to force the round peg into the square hole and you're creating the family system that you really want to have for some people who have great family systems like that's awesome that's wonderful that's beautiful that you can expand that but for a lot of people they're using friends as family they are you know get it partnering and then maybe having children and and having that nucleus be their family and when you have people who are are resistant to like receiving you or liking you and won't challenge the things that are blocking them, there's not much for you to do. Or you can ask a partner to like get curious with a sibling to be like, Hey, what's going on? Like, you know, I, I notice that you don't, like my partner, like any feedback there. Like there could be space there. Maybe at some point you sit down with her and you ask her, like, I really do want to have a nice relationship with you and I'd love to spend more time and get to know one another, but like I can't really I can't really tell where you're at with that. And like, is there something that I'm doing that's bothering you? Like is there feedback there that you want to give me? Cause I would really like to have have a healthy relationship with you. And you know, sometimes that can go somewhere and other times people might like what you were saying before, Ashley, like, um, I'm not going to be okay until I have a partner too, right? Like that part feels really threatening. Or if it's a, you know, sometimes when it's a younger sibling who's partnered and you're not partnered Mm -hmm. as the older sibling, like, you know, the intensity around that where you feel like you're behind or how can my younger sibling or cousin be getting married and I'm not right. So there's a lot of narratives in there that if we're not checking them, they can play into like, I hate you. And I don't even know why I hate you, but I do. Or the, you know, like, so I really do think it comes back to the lack of awareness. We can also sit here and say, you know, maybe, check yourself to see are there certain things that you're doing yes. right like I do think it's important to look at yourself and become reflective and notice if there are things that you're doing that are pushing people away you know is there a part of me that's coming forward am I being judgmental and that's something that you know another person's not vibing with um so looking at yourself and taking accountability if there are certain things that are coming forward that that you're doing that might be rubbing people the wrong way and then if you don't like your
2: sibling's partner. Which you know, my, I have a brother, younger yeah. brother, and that's happened one time. But like, luckily, he also saw she wasn't bringing out the best of him. But he, but he had like a thing for this girl. We were terrified. I was like, this bitch will just get pregnant. Like, I hate this girl. And he was having panic attacks. He was like, my brother doesn't even has never had one since. And it was like driving him crazy that he couldn't that nobody nobody liked this girl because she was so terrible and so toxic. And luckily, he's not with her anymore. But um, I have a good girlfriend and. Her brother married that girl and they have a child. And it's just like, I, I think what I did, I think I didn't go about it the right way. I, my brother and I were getting in fights. We never fought. We've literally had three fights. They were during the duration of this girl. And I think what would have been more helpful would to sit down with him and be like, I love you more than anything in the world. And this person is not bringing out the best in you, you know, like what, what, from a, there from your standpoint, like what's the language
1: there?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think you're right in terms of where, where you probably could have gone with it. Because I think what I hear from you is that you're protective of him. You love him. You don't want him to be in a dynamic that is unhealthy or dysfunctional for him. If he's having panic attacks for the first time in his life, like, Hey, you know, like, is this relational or like, you know, (laughs) what is this that's coming forward and coming from it from a space of, of love and compassion. But At the same time sometimes people need to learn their own their own thing you know and that's the thing that's so hard when you watch someone who's in something that's unhealthy and you whether it's a friend whether it's a family member and you sort of want to step in and save them from it or block them from it or not have them go down that path like that's not it isn't your work as a person who loves somebody else Absolutely. You can reflect back to them what it is that you see and you can express concern, but you can't choose for them, Mm -hmm. right? Like you can't solve that problem for them. That's, that's their, that's their story to earn, you know, like that's their work to earn. Um, so yeah, uh, probably the better way in is like, is what you were saying is just coming from that space of love, but it may not have changed The outcome as immediately as you as you wanted to, and I mean, yeah, I wasn't
2: like you break up with her, we're done. Right, Right. like I'm not gonna be your sister anymore. Yeah, I'm not your sister anymore. You know, I was just like, well fucking wrap it up because yeah. this bitch is crazy
1: mm-hmm. well I think in your defense at least you were able to say like let's look at the landscape of our entire relationship I've never had a problem with girlfriends before I'm not coming from a crazy place right. where I hate all your girlfriends yes, I'm still friends it's, with all your exes <laughs> right it's just this one person I have a problem with so like see my side of it that this is like a one-off situation and I think that like there's almost no such like people are like I haven't done anything and it's like, mm-hmm. that's almost never the case. <laughs> like, like when I'm saying like, I didn't get along with this sister. I didn't know her. I didn't meet this mm-hmm. person. I didn't do anything because I didn't know her. But like, I think a lot well, of times. you fucked
0: her brother. That's what you did. A lot. affected (laughs) them a lot. That may have been the thing.
2: (laughs) Um, Okay. On that note, we are just going to take a very quick break to tell you about our partners for this episode. I am always so excited to tell you guys about Liquid IV. Liquid IV is the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated and the fastest growing wellness brand for a reason. So if you guys are familiar with Liquid IV, it is these individual flavored packets and it's a powder that it has vitamin C, B3, B5, B6, and B12. You just dump the pack in a glass of water and you drink it and it hydrates you two to three times faster and more efficiently than water alone. We're obsessed with it. And also we have a Facebook group where you guys are constantly asking for hangover cures and you guys always say liquid IV. Like, I hope that you found it through us. I hope that you're buying it through us and using our discount code, but you guys are also spreading the word about it and knowing that it works to keep you hydrated better than anything else. I can't travel without it. I can't even live without it. Like even when I'm not traveling or I'm not hungover, I'm just feeling generally a little bit sluggish and probably dehydrated. I'm just taking one of these like every other day, probably at this point, I have a cupboard stocked with them. They're going to be great. If you guys are taking winter vacations at high altitudes, because you can get dehydrated a lot more easily when you're at a high altitude. So take them on those ski vacations that you're going on. And again, we can't recommend them for hangovers enough and for travel, jet lag, all the things Uh, we love that they give back. They have donated one and a half million sticks to date to places like Haiti, Uganda, Puerto Rico, and most recently Nepal with each purchase you make liquid IV donates a serving to someone in need around the world. Other things you might want to know, they're TSA friendly and convenient, and they're non-GMO vegan, free of gluten, dairy, and soy clean ingredients, no artificial flavors or preservatives. I, I like the lemon lime and the passion fruit flavor. Those are my favorite. I love the nighttime one. It has melatonin in it. I've said this before. I've taken it on a red eye flight and after I'd been drinking and I woke up feeling honestly fine when I didn't expect to. So Uh, We are giving you guys a discount as always. You can get 25% off at liquidiv.com when you use our code GGE at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order on Liquid IV's website. Go to liquidiv.com and enter our code GGE to get your savings and start getting better hydration today. That's liquidiv.com, promo code GGE. Don't wait. Start properly hydrating today.
1: All right, guys. And I'm telling you something else that's good for you. Um talk about Native. They make safe, simple, effective products that people use in the bathroom every day with trusted ingredients and trusted performance. We are telling you guys about the deodorant, which you guys have been loving and tagging us in all of your stories. So thank you. Keep doing that. Um, the great thing about their deodorant, it has fewer simple ingredients. So you know everything that's inside of the deodorant, which is incredibly important for your body. It's safe. It's effective. They come in a huge variety of scents um, for both men and women. And they release new ones all the time. So they have coconut vanilla, which I love. And that's my favorite. Lavender rose, cucumber and mint, eucalyptus and mint, um, all of the packaging is really beautiful so it comes in these like cute little um, containers and again the smell is wonderful and it really really does work and they offer free returns and exchanges in the US if you guys try it out and you don't love it so there's no harm in just checking it out and they're a great company so as always we're going to give you guys a discount you can get 20% off your first purchase by visiting deodorant.com and entering the promo code GGE20 during checkout that's 20% off your first purchase by going to deodorant.com and entering the the promo code gge20 at checkout okay jumping back in i love what you were saying we're talking about self-reflection so you know always i'm glad that you said it's important to self-reflect because mm-hmm. it's it's almost never i didn't do anything They everybody hates me and i didn't do anything that's a crazy thing to think sure you know i think
0: the only other thing that i'd offer is instead of Always telling the other person about what's going on and what you see, actually getting curious about what their experience Mm -hmm. is. Like, can you can you tell me about your relationship with her? Like, I I would like to know because maybe it looks a little bit different than you know what we see in our family gatherings. Yeah, and like actually understanding what he experiences with this person. I know this is long long gone, but um, you know, for anybody who's listening, right, getting curious instead of sometimes we come in like bulldozers and we're like, this relationship is bad and it's not for you. And I can see it. Uh Right. I can see so clearly. And that's, you know, yes, the reflection is, is positive and powerful in many ways, but they're coming from a good place. But also understanding what their experience of the relationship is because maybe they do open up and they say like it's been really hard or I don't know how to get out of it Mm -hmm. or I'm really scared of x you know and so I think offering curiosity and asking questions about the relationship can also be something that we lean and
2: maybe just so you understand why they love this person so you can break that bond I'm kidding
0: um but like trying to understand no, but like, <laughs> but like it really sounded good there for for like the first part I was like I'm in I'm nodding my head I'm like yes if I can understand how you love them I can love She's them like, I too. just I just love her
2: hair and you're like I'll shave her head in her sleep uh-huh. and then we'll be done with then this. we'll be done no I I, I I have a friend that I I've never been able to understand her and her partner's relationship I she, I don't want to get too specific because she'll know but actually she knows she knows I don't I don't totally approve of it I am always like, what do you love about him? And like the answers have never been satisfactory for me, but she's also a friend and she can live her life. And it it might feel a little different if it was my brother, but like, yeah, I, I, what I probably didn't do, and this was years ago when I was a little less mature too, was like, I couldn't bring myself to say, what do you like about Katie? Mm -hmm. Fake name. But, you know, maybe a little bit more mature person would be like, okay, I'm going to try here. What do you like about her?
1: I, so- I'll give you an example and then I'll ask the question. Like, I used to never share a lot of things about my most serious partner with my family. I think bad, the mm-hmm. fights, anything like that. We weren't having terrible, horrible, like emotionally abusive fights. I just didn't share those things because I didn't want my family to form a relate a thought around him and the feeling mm-hmm. based on these negative times in our lives. And so, and you know, my dad has done this with me, with his wife as well, where he shared things about her in bad times. Where now I can't ever unknow those things, and it has formulated my opinion of these people, and I can't unformulate it. So, mm-hmm. like as the partner, like how can you manage not telling people that kind of stuff? Like I'm sure, like it sounds like Matt didn't. Well, Matt really didn't tell to, you. He didn't have to stuff. tell it. It was yeah, yeah. apparent. It sounds like you saw that stuff.
2: But I dealt with that. It was with an ex of mine. Like there was things that I didn't share until because we were always getting back together on and off for for a long time. Where I was like, if I share this thing. He'll never be allowed around my family again. And they know that stuff now, but there, I just knew this also comes with maturity. I think like you, I, th- I think like when you're younger you just like spew everything mm-hmm. out and if you're good friends with your mom and you just like tell your friends everything because you're so worked up and I think the older you get you draw it more in because you know that you hate this person right now and you think you're never going to get back together with them but then your head clears and you're like I probably shouldn't tell my best friend this horrible thing he just did because she'll never be able to look him in the face again.
1: Yeah. Right so I think like when I hear people say like my parent my-, my partner's whole family hates me and I don't get it like right. I think a lot of times they've probably shared those situations and you're not aware of what's been said behind your back
0: yeah a lot of couples have agreements with each other around you know like the privacy of some of the more intimate details of of the relationship like yeah you don't just go off and tell your, you know, a parent every time you have a fight. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I do get that. Like you're trying to protect the image of the person. And, you know, a lot of times we don't go and talk about all the positives. Like we don't, we tend to focus on sharing the negatives because in those times is when we need more support. And, you know, sometimes we're looking for people to validate our side of things or our experience. So yes, like, is there there should there be a boundary around how much we spew and how much we share absolutely is there a need to sometimes share that with someone you trust whether it's a therapist or you know a really good friend who you who you know is able to have I like to call it like elasticity with the relationship where it's like, okay, like we all go through hard things, right? We you all, you, do have you friend, know, like you, like ha- you can, right. she'll be
2: fine. No that's matter right.
0: What. Because the reality of it is, is like, we all, we all have hard moments, right? Like sometimes some relationships have many more of them and they're much more frequent, but we do have hard moments. And if we have some story that like, you need to be perfect in order for me to like your partner, like that's, that's pretty skewed, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to have at least one or two people that you can go to where you don't have to process all of it on your own. Um, But also trusting that that person has that elasticity to know that, you know, people go through hardship and sometimes we do fight and sometimes we do say, um, you know, terrible things to each other. And that doesn't mean that it has to change your full vision of this person. The other piece that I want to say is that, you know, sometimes, for example, if it's something like, a partner has cheated. That's what I was going to say. Know. It's when when you go through that healing process and if you do choose to stay with that person through it and after it, when you are really grounded in that decision, most people can feel that and understand why you've chosen to commit to this relationship, why you've chosen to like, whether it's a, a forgiveness or a letting go or starting a new chapter. And so when you can present why you guys are staying together, you know, generally speaking, people will get on board with that. If you feel unsure, then people feel unsure, right? It's like sort of that energy that you bring to it. Like if it's like, we fought now we're back together. We fought now we're back together. And like, nothing's changing. Then people are like bullshit, you know, but if you are Mm -hmm. actually leaning into the work and you've come out the other side of whether it's therapy or whatever it is that you might be doing to um, reconcile and it's grounded and clear people get it. Like you can, I don't know if you've ever experienced this with friends before. I certainly have. Um, And then obviously with clients, but you can tell when a person like knows why they're taking this person back, like why they're continuing on with the relationship. And when it feels grounded, you're like, i trust you
1: and they're not asking for your opinion either the decision is not yeah. doing this decision and i would imagine that well, like right
0: i'm not asking for your approval right
1: and also by the way i should yeah. say ashley and i are never saying don't talk to me about your problems you should talk but like yes. maybe mom and sis aren't sure. the people you talk to after a tiff with your significant other yeah
2: and this happened actually with a with an ex of mine that like he did something terrible and it kind of affected our family I i'm not gonna get into details it wasn't anything crazy but um Well, it was crazy. But anyway, bottom line, I wanted him to still come to Christmas. We got back together, and my mom was like, Your dad doesn't want him to come. Mm. And so you got to talk to your dad. And I was like, What? Like, I, my dad, like, has never said no to me or disappointed me. He'd been disappointed in me. You know, like I couldn't believe it. And I had to like call him on the phone and like explain the situation and why why happened, happened and try to paint my partner in a sympathetic light and win my dad back over to get him to allow this guy to come into our home and spend a holiday with us. And, you know, I was able to do it. And my dad's a great guy. And uh, so I kind of did that too. And then we obviously we still broke up, but like it was a, a situation, but I, I don't know. I have a girlfriend and it's just, it's like she this guy just cheated on her multiple times. I think he's just a cheater. I think he's just a piece of shit guy. I think he's that kind of guy. That's like, I'll always get her back, you know, however I'll do it once and I'll get her back with the jewelry and I do it again. I'll get her back with this. I'll do it a third time. I'll get her back by proposing. And I, it's like, I can be happy for, I guess, but I never want to be in the same room with that guy. I know, but everything that
0: you just said reveals that you don't trust her would you trust her yeah like you don't trust her decision making you don't trust her strength within herself right right like you can see everything that's happening when you trust someone right when you trust a friend yeah right do you see what i'm saying like when you trust that person you can see that they've done the work Mm -hmm. to be able to see clearly to not just get you know the the gift or the this or the that right like that's that's the distinction you will if that person had done healing work and this guy became really honest and you would start to feel that you would see that you it would be represented in the relationship and i always said before like maybe nobody's really asking for for your permission right. but like you're still feeling it like if you have a partner and you have to integrate them back into your family and sometimes that does take time after an affair for sure but it's earned over time, right? The fam- like Family members might be able to start to see the changes, the integration, the the work that the couple has done. A lot of couples stay together after affairs. And I would say a lot of the time they are stronger, more open, have, have had an awakening through that process that sometimes isn't understood by other people, um, but can sometimes be felt once you start to see that couple in motion again.
1: I think you're, what well, you're feeling is that that guy, I didn't like didn't do the change. work and totally. feel bad. And he didn't have fair yeah. on his wife. He cheated on his fucking hot, young, beautiful girlfriend multiple times, and, and yeah. then
2: every time he came back, and he was like, "I did the work." I totally. feel no. I think maybe you're, like you're a sociopath. I yeah. Mean,
1: what? It's just absolutely you never know.
2: And like I, you know, I hope it works mm-hmm. out for them. Obviously, mm-hmm. I, well, of course, you want the best for your friend. But mm-hmm. I think it's tough sometimes when you're like this isn't the one-time affair that you guys did the work. This is a, just a
0: cheater. Totally, and you can sniff <laughs> it out for sure. I mean, the example that you're giving is like one of the most obvious ones. You're like, I can see it so clearly and I can see you're like, you are saying that your friend's sort of blocks or limitations or like whether it's a lack of worth or a lack of confidence, even though she's this young, beautiful, you know, et cetera, et cetera, all the things that you said like that. There is something where there's a lack of, you know, self-respect or a lack of worth or a lack of deservingness to be treated in a certain way. And it's, it isn't, you certainly don't trust him, but my point was like not trusting the individual Mm -hmm. to make the decision for themselves that, you know, is going to, respect and honor her right right but but also it's okay like what am I what am I gonna do there's yeah. not there's not a whole lot there and sometimes that means that you know the relationship the friendship shifts and, Sh- yeah you know we like haven't,
2: I, I honestly we have not yeah
0: because we talked so much when she was like in it single and uh-huh
2: oh I see the, the, just you know it's the kind of thing you also feel like I feel like a fool we have logged so many hours like getting you over this guy mm-hmm. for you to get back together for them and I mean I've been there too I had a back and forth relationship where my friends were just like oh really again like I'm done wasting my time talking to you but. but that's
1: probably how you're feeling this is super applicable to your family too like your mom probably listens to you cry and cry and cry and be hysterical about stuff and then you're just like gonna take him back right you know and, absolutely you know my family they're not entitled to just, they don't have to listen to me cry about something and just forever. And then I'm just, I wake up and I take the person back. And so I understanding being angry and being mad. And I guess you just also like, we shouldn't always be afraid to have the fight, have the fight. If your family is mad at you about that stuff, then like you should talk about it and have the fight.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know. And own it. Like, I know I'm sorry. I wasted all your time. So I thought it was over. We're back together now. I'll deal with it. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I, I also, I wanted to back up to, to the stuff about not getting along with, with the families. Like, where where is like the line of like you have to just like zip it on something you don't agree with with somebody's family Mm -hmm. like you hate this thing Mm -hmm. but it really isn't affecting you so how do you just shut the fuck up what would
1: something not affecting you be
2: um I I I guess not affecting you but affecting your partner you know like maybe they have a really toxic family member and you see it affecting your partner Mm -hmm. but you're like that's his dad or something, you know, like, can I really tell him his dad's a piece of shit? You know, can I, can I say these words? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think that was a problem that I've experienced in the past where I just can't shut the fuck up. You know, like I'm my, the thoughts I'm having are flowing and it it comes from a place of love. Mm -hmm. It comes from a place of like, I care about you and don't want you to have to go through this. But then there's a line where then you just insulted their mom.
1: Sure. But I know what you're saying where you're just like, I need you to draw the line because mm-hmm. you are being emotionally abused and you're being taken advantage of. And like everybody else around you is so crazy. And like, I need you to stick up for yourself. Right. And, yes. Like, when are you even allowed? Yeah. I mean, your dad's mm-hmm. a piece of shit. It's not like the verbiage, but like that is what you want to scream at some point where you just watch me to get trampled all the time. Right. That's, that's, that's a great example. Yeah. And it's just like
0: you, I yeah. care for you. Yeah. You're talking about, like setting the boundary for your partner when they're not able to set it for themselves. And especially when that's been the pattern probably for, you know, decades upon decades. Um, sometimes having that conversation with your partner outside of the family unit, like Connor and I, my husband and I, we've, we've had this conversation before and you know, we, I remember, you know, talking about a, a dynamic with my mom and, Connor said, you know, I know that at some point, like when I see this happen, I'm, I am going to step in and I'm going to say something to her and probably, I don't know, maybe like eight months ago, it, it played out. And he was like to my mom, he's like, Erna, you're not listening to her. Like, Pause for a second and he did it respectfully. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, like it wasn't like like turned on here and there, (laughs) it wasn't an attack (laughs) on her. He's great, yeah, he's awesome. But your husband can also
1: be like, I'm, I I earned this, I'm her uh, husband, I've spent enough time reading the situation, sure. And yeah, I think he's allowed to say that, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I and and she did listen to him and she did pause and he was really he was firm and stern with her without putting her down, without being rude to her. And and she was able to listen to parts of it, even though she I don't think she got the whole thing. But, you know, I, I remember like feeling like okay like I really actually appreciate you being able to witness this experience because when I say it it wasn't getting through it wasn't shifting anything but when you said it it came from whatever we talked about the third party the third before party. right like right, it's like course. here's this person stepping in to say this is what I'm observing like you need to stop because what you're doing is you know affecting her in xyz way mm-hmm. now I had given that permission ahead of time so I think sometimes it's like is what I'm going to do going to be like, is it going to serve something or is it going to just cause more chaos and your partner may not want you to do that. And then part of our work is to set boundaries then and say, well, I'm not comfortable listening to your parent be so critical of mm-hmm. you every single time I'm home. And like, I don't want to, I, as your partner, I don't want to observe that. I don't want to be privy to that. And, and that might mean I don't, I actually am not going to go with you because I can't, I can't witness this. And people have to take those stands sometimes. I know it can sound really extreme and kind of dramatic, but when you're really affected by someone being treated a certain way, sometimes it's being the person who's willing to take the stand where then finally your partner might be like, whoa, like you actually just did that. And even if that upsets the family, like that's okay. You're yeah. like, the system's allowed to shake. You're not here to make it peaceful for everyone else all of the time. When something's really disrespectful or critical or abusive or whatever, like, you are allowed to take a stand. And I know plenty of people who ha- go home on their own and they're like, yeah, my partner won't join me because, like, you're super critical. Well, and like, that's, I, don't wanna,
2: yeah. I think women, you get turned off by it. Like, you're like, I'm watching you just get shit on and disrespected. It's like, and you can stand up for yourself. And I am feeling like, I hate to say it, it sounds so shallow, but like kind of turned off by it. Mm. Like, you look like a little bitch. Mm. Stand up to your family. I, I don't know. I just think that's kind of, it's tough to... Every family's different and I can picture a scenario also where someone that's a little more vulnerable with a little more dysfunctional family is like, okay, well, they're all I have. You know what I mean? And like, you're just my girlfriend. So, I mean, unless you're signing up mm-hmm. to be my family for the rest of my life, I'm not going to turn away. You know, I'm not
0: going to mm-hmm. go up against my family. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and there's I mean, tons of different. It's interesting though, because it's like resting on whether or not I'm going to have my own family with you or not mm-hmm. when at the end of the day, it's not even about that. It's about, it's about that. like setting boundaries and having self-respect and honor and being able to confront something when you know, it, it's not right. And, and so I totally get what you're saying about it not being something that is like favorable or, you know, like a turn on because what's happening is like, I don't trust you to be able to confront or have a hard conversation or set a boundary or like communicate something. And that is information for you as the partner, right? Like what you're witnessing is a representation of how that partner then shows up in other areas too right like so when you have somebody who can set a boundary or speak up for themselves or say that I'm not going home or like you know confront an issue that that does tell you that they're able to do that with you in other areas of their lives etc
2: do you see situations where you have to tell a client like you know what, like this just isn't your place and just you're just going to have to get over this. I, and I maybe not mm-hmm. with where your partner's being disrespected, but there's something else within the family that you're like, maybe it's cheating or I don't, whatever it is, something you don't agree with and you have mm-hmm. to just be like, that's not your battle to fight
0: you know yeah i mean i think sometimes we look at the things that we have control over and the things that we don't have control over that's mm-hmm. a lot of that's a lot of the conversations in therapy because what you can and cannot affect and how those things that you can't control are taking up space in your world like if you're getting so upset and you're getting so activated by something that you actually have no access over or like what does that then mean for you mm-hmm. you're just going to be in chaos but you can't actually control that so then it does become about you know letting go accepting the things that you you can't control setting the boundary so you're not affected by it as much like if you're I don't know like frequency of experience like how often you're around a person who like really triggers you or you know that type of thing so yeah you have to work on the yes it is it is true that sometimes in therapy that when there are things that are outside of your control like you are being you're thinking about what it looks like to let go and accept. I
1: think that like, it's really, I mean, I've learned this a lot recently and I thought about, do I want to talk about this on this episode? But it's okay. I'll talk about it lightly. And I don't, I just don't really get along with my father's wife. And for me, I need to, like, I got so angry last week with all Mm -hmm. the stuff that happened. Yeah. I was like on the street screaming. I was crying. I was calling Ashley. I'm calling my other family members. I'm calling my mom. Mm -hmm. I'm so mad about all these things. And I, I just like, I have to find a way to, be okay and not let this person affect me like this because it's, it's unhealthy for me yeah. and they're not splitting up and I need to find a way to communicate to my father. I still love you. I support you. I just can't be around this. And I think that maybe it is just, you just can't be around the person. And mm-hmm. that is just sort of the end of it.
2: But it's tough for you because you want to see your dad, you know? And so you've had, since we've been friends, you have had a struggle with explaining to your father that like, I want you to come without her and yeah. you've had to tread really lightly and you've made it happen.
1: Yeah, at least I will say, like, my partner in the situation is my father. He, he does understand. Mm-hmm. So at least he's not saying to me this is crazy. He understands how I feel. Yeah. He just doesn't want to go home to his partner and have those fights either. Yeah. Um, right, he's
2: just trying to keep the peace.
1: Yeah, but I, it is really tough, and I've, I've had to say to my... Like, I think that, like, all these things are really nice in theory, but, like, you in practice, it's really hard to do these things, and I want to give credit for that. It is really, really tough in yeah. practice to do this. We we did this last year.
2: We talked about the holidays, like, and you said it earlier, like times change like this isn't we need to spend thanksgiving with my family we need to spend christmas with your family You don't have to, like, it's not, there's no rules. If you don't get along with this person's family, let them go home with their family, let you be with yours. There's no, it's not really always one big happy family. And I think people get wrapped up in this like old school way where you, we did this and then we did that. It's like, you just don't have to Mm -hmm. like set your boundaries. You're probably going to have a healthier relationship with this person's family that you hate when you don't go see them, (laughs) you know, have the relationship from afar, be friends
0: with them on Facebook, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, what you're saying about your, your dad's wife is really reminding yourself of the expectations when you walk into that space. Cause I think when you're saying like you're there and then, you know, like you're outside and you're crying and you're calling your friends and like all the things it's like, there's a disappointment that winds up happening, right? Like there's something where, and maybe it's, I am just hoping that this time is going to be different. Right. And maybe that's not your story, but I think it can be a lot of people's stories where it's like, you go back into that space and you're like, maybe we're going to get along this time or maybe mom's not going to be critical or maybe dad's not going to be drinking as much or, you know, you, you get hopeful. And I always say like that line between hopefulness and dysfunction is really thin sometimes where we tell ourselves a story that sets us up for feeling really sad and disappointed and upset. And sometimes when we go back into that space where the expectation is off and then the thing happens, we're like, Oh, like why did I like tell myself that Mm -hmm. it could have been different? And we're that, that focuses on you know the part where the things are maybe not as changeable as we'd like them to be. And so when we go into it with the very clear expectation of like, what I really ought to expect in going home or going to see dad is like, if, if his partner is there, like, this is what I'm going to probably feel. And if you're pleasantly surprised, awesome. But to to sort of prep yourself for the for worst. <laughs> well, and I know that sounds like pretty negative. No, it, and down, it's not. I but like, it is. it is really important to just ground into what you know is true. And not allow this hopeful part of you, and it's it's a sweet part that so many of us have. That's like maybe it will be different, right? And and really bringing that part back into the center, where it's like it's not if it's not going to be different, what should I expect? And how do I need to like really protect my energy in that space so that I don't have to have my world sort of flipped upside down when it when the thing happens?
1: Well, you probably did that with your sister's your brother's girlfriend too. You're like I'm a rational, smart person. I can get along with anybody. Yeah. Right. Every situation you're like. I'm going to be fine. Yeah. But then you just can't <laughs> You like let yourself down. You're like, I can manage these emotions. It's with, so like, true. These feelings. And then like, you just can't. And it's crazy.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, it was funny because, um, she, um, one time she came to Christmas and, uh, I tried, I was like, cute outfit or whatever. Like I was like, I'm going to get along with her. (laughs) She's a fun party girl. You know, like I don't hate her personality actually. You know, my brother liked her. So there's something there. And I was like, I'm doing so great. Like, you know, I'm, I'm going to like her. He, she's here in our home. Killing it. And then like a few days later, she flipped out because she saw on social media that I had been hanging out with one of his exes and came down on him and they were fighting. And so my brother took it out on me. And I'm like, this bitch is ruining our family. Like I, like it, I tried and I was like, it's different now. Maybe she's changed. And then she picked a fight with him a few days later based on something Mm -hmm. so wild that then he and I fought. And that's when I was like, Hey Matt, we never fight. Right. You get, you realize that. And this is like the third fight in a year, like all stemming from this girl. But yeah, I did have the moment where I was like, I'm going to be better. I'm going to make an effort with her. Oh God, I get worked up. I
1: know. I feel like we're in a therapy session. It does. Like I, I didn't think we would talk that much about if you don't like if you're the family and you don't like the significant other. But yeah, it can make you insane. Yeah.
2: I wanted to talk about difference in family structures because obviously everyone's a product of their family, mm-hmm. and um I think this is something I've struggled with. I'm sure I might not have friends that have, and and listeners and our listeners probably have too. Is You know, there's this adage of, like, you end up with somebody that has the same type of family as you. You know, is your husband an only child by any chance?
0: He is an only child from his parents, and then they divorce, and then they went on to have. Yeah. So,
2: I mean, yeah, I mean, whatever. And you can tell me if I'm wrong, but you hear a lot, like, my parents are happily married. I'm going to find a partner that's parents happily married. I'm an only child. I'm going to be with an only child. You know, I think there's all these or I have a really broken home and a lot of trauma. So I find somebody that understands that. And yeah, we fight back and forth, but at least we know where the other person's coming from. You know, and I had a situation where like, I just had this really perfect stable family and Mm I fell in love with somebody that had a really not stable family Mm -hmm. with a lot of trauma and I had never experienced it before. And it, I was not, uh, equipped to handle it Mm -hmm. at all. Like I didn't, I never dealt with that where a person's triggers come from, like I think now I would be a lot more equipped. But I would love to speak to that of like you fall for somebody for other reasons, and then stuff starts to get dredged up. Mm-hmm. And where do you go?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that oftentimes we can be attracted to familiarity. I think is what you're saying, right? Is like that there's some type of structure, there's some type of experience that ha- that has happened that sort of brings you together, bonds you that that is when you're first meeting that person, and you're like, I totally get you, you know, like that, that feeling of familiarity. And so, yeah, like sometimes it may look structural, like, oh, you've got siblings. So, and I do, you know, and like, that's really important to me because I want to be with a big family. Sometimes it, it doesn't have to look exactly that way, but why are we drawn into people? And, and usually, right, like there's a, from a subconscious place there's a there's a pull into like can i can i heal with you and sometimes someone can see the the example of the family that they've that they've craved for and so there can be this sort of pull that is giving you the thing that the like that you didn't have before. So we can be on both sides of that, right? Sometimes in patterns we wind up choosing people who are going to trigger us really similarly in the same way that our that our family system has. It sort of repeats the wounding, right? So, for example, if you know if you had an alcoholic father let's say who was so distracted by the drinking and like really wasn't present you may not choose a partner who who drinks but you may choose somebody who prioritizes something else and so the familiarity is I don't feel important I don't feel like I'm a priority in your life it may be work it may be you know like it just it could be t- something totally different than alcohol um, but that familiarity of the wounding and the pain can sometimes resurface Sometimes we're aware of what I didn't get and what I really crave in a partnership is the opposite, right? So sometimes we take the path of repetition or we take the path of opposition. If I didn't have a great family system, I'm looking for someone who has the like, the picture of the perfect family. I'm going to oppose what it is that I grew up in, so that I can like heal, quote unquote, that way. The problem is, is if we're not bringing our like, if we're not doing our work, we don't know why we're choosing what we're choosing. We don't know why we're leaning into certain things, and so sometimes we recreate the same. I'm sure you've had friends who have been like, "I keep dating the same type of person over and over and over again." And if you're ever guilty of saying that, like, there's a wound that's getting just recreated that you're not bringing enough awareness to to understand what it is that you're actually needing in order to to heal um it's this work can be confusing right like it's hard to unpack all of it probably on a podcast for people where it like lands but but that is the work of understanding like why i'm choosing who i'm choosing or like what how we come together and you know are there certain things that i heal did you want to like save him or fix him or what was your role with him
2: (sighs) Not really. What? I feel like that's who Ashley he that, needed. I feel like that's
0: who he needed was somebody
2: mm-hmm. that felt a little more like that. But I think mm-hmm. that
1: it's just figuring out how does that person fit into my family and how can I understand that like can it ever work if somebody comes from so much trauma and they don't value family necessarily I'm not saying he didn't but like Mm -hmm. I've dated people who come from a ton of trauma and they're like what do I need family for I have Mm -hmm. friends I'm fine you know Mm -hmm. can that person ever fit into the dynamic of like mine and Ashley's family where it's like oh my god our families are so perfect but like yeah Mm -hmm. we're very blessed and we're very lucky both of our brothers are with Mm -hmm. people that we really love as well and love their family and Mm -hmm. so like can we date somebody
0: yeah sometimes sometimes not right like I think if there's room for the narrative to shift and and change a little bit. Sometimes yes. Like sometimes that's the thing that they know and they haven't understood or valued it in the same way just because they haven't they don't have the same history as you do. Or you're right, if somebody's like really in sort of like one end of the spectrum where they're like, screw that, like that, I don't care about that. Yeah, like those might be the differences where you're like, okay, like the things that we really value in this world are just misaligned. We can be compatible in certain areas of the relationship and then have something that's that's missing. That is a really big, you know, pillar of, of your relational values that isn't there. That may be the reason you, you know, end a relationship. Well, and I think therapy is huge. And what I did in that relationship was go to
2: therapy to try to understand my relationship and him more. And Mm -hmm. then he went to therapy and then, which he needed to go to therapy. I've not, most people do. I just think someone has to do the work because I think there's a level of like, I have all these triggers because of the way I was brought up and I'm taking them out on you and using you as a punching bag and not doing the work. And then there's like, I'm doing the work. Please just like, bear with me. Like I'm trying my hardest, you know, like I ho- hoping to get there and just kind of like need your support and mm-hmm. in, in this time, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just think there's there, relationships like that can just be like, there's could just be a lot of volatility. And I have, I know a couple that, when they started they fought a lot now they're they're great and they're married and but they they both they both have some family trauma and 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 broken families and they it's just they're they're really a health healthy happy couple but their their vibe has always been like us against the world you know what i mean like they're very like we're doing holidays just us you know we don't need our crazy fucking family around you know i think there's that can work too Mm -hmm. I don't know, it just, I know it can work when you have come from a completely different families, but I see it more likely that people have similar family structures.
1: Yeah, I think you just have to have patience. And we say this all the time, like think about what you're, like you said, pillars of mm-hmm. what you want. And if that is not a pillar of what they want, then like that maybe just isn't your person. Like mm-hmm. if I had somebody that just wanted to go away to the Bahamas for Thanksgiving and Christmas every year, that's that's just probably not my person. They don't value the things. I don't need to be at home for Thanksgiving, but the overall yes. theme of that is like, we don't need to be with your family. Mm-hmm. And that's probably not my person. Well, and
2: that's similar values is like my partner that I mentioned, like like there was good family members there and they, he really valued them. So he valued family, like, which is, we can work with this is like, we, you know, we both see like we're, they're really important to us, you know, the family members that we have. And it's like, if someone just didn't value family, like I, I once dated a guy that just, he wasn't close with his siblings. He wasn't close with his parents and couldn't really tell me why. And Mm -hmm again like maybe had we dated longer i would have found out but i don't really think there was anything crazy there you know his parents were still together his his dad was a doctor i mean you know i'm, I'm just i don't think he was like abused and molested is what i'm saying like i i don't know i think he just didn't really care about anybody wait
1: you're so i wanted to date with this guy and he said you had a brother and a sister and he was like no we're not close and i was like why and he was like I just don't feel like it. I was like,
2: I never went out with him again. I thought yeah. that was a crazy it was a, thing. It was a huge red flag and like he wouldn't spend holidays <laughs> with them. He was, you know, he was like a, a climber. Did you guys watch Free Solo? Those yeah. people are weird. Anyway, no offense, but like, he was like, and the, like that guy was kind of like that detached, mm-hmm. the guy in the movie, the, the Free Solo, which is yes. great. Can't recommend enough. Um, but, I just knew we weren't going to work. So it's like, sure. if you have this really dysfunctional family, but you love them and you want to, you you value them, that's more for me. We can go somewhere from here. But day one,
1: really <laughs> close to my family. <laughs> eh. I'm like, like, I need more information. We're not going than that out again. <laughs> well, I'm just I don't want to sign up to like unravel three decades of how people fucked you up. I, I just I don't know if I can maybe I can. I don't know. It's not my job. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Like I will be around for the highs and the lows, but I don't know that it's my job to, to do
0: Well, that. I mean, I think that generally speaking, we're 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 looking for people who have at least done some of their own work. Yeah. Right. So like regardless of what your like family structure and 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 the makeup of your history like if you've done work to address it like that's that's the thing that really matters what what the details are like okay like most people have a bit of a story, you know, like mm-hmm. that's okay. Of course. Right. But when you don't address it, when it's just like running the, the show and you're like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I feel anything. You know, like, yeah, that's, that's generally not the partner who's going to be able to, I like to say, stand shoulder to shoulder with you where you're like that, that team aspect of right. it where you're like yeah we're committed to doing the work we've got stuff of course everybody's got it and i trust you to look at your stuff you trust me to look at mine i'm not responsible for you you're not responsible for me of course as a team we're there to you know like help each other and um you know be committed to each other's growth but yeah, I'm with you in in that regard. Like, you can I think you can tell pretty early on whether or not a person is like introspective, has done any any form of self reflection whatsoever, and if they're they haven't done that, like that's gonna be a really right. hard dynamic to to navigate. Um, so that's my two cents on when, it. <laughs> I think
2: sometimes women wanna save this guy, so I think sometimes you could have a woman, and this can happen. I think I think you grow up and I think you mature and kind of realize that's a, a little unrealistic it can happen I guess we get emails and messages all the time from girls and they're in their 20s and I'm reading it and I'm like that guy has work to do like you you mm-hmm. can't save this guy you know like they they write this long story and I am just thinking that guy needs to go to therapy or something. I don't know the answer, but he's trying, but to, work, not the he's trying yes. to work through his trauma through you and think probably on some level thinks if she just loves me enough, I'll be fixed. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work like that. And, I, you know, it's it's sad because I think sometimes you just really love these people. Of course. And especially if it's your first love, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like I just picture this, like, you know, 22-year-old couple and they're so in love and this girl's just like, He's so broken, but I'll fix it. You know, if I just love him enough and then again, guys can't recommend enough. Go back to our episode called should love be unconditional because we have thoughts on that too, but you learn the hard way. is what I'm saying.
0: And so I think people need to do the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You learn the hard way. Like you have to go through, you have to have your own takeaways from it. Those things over time, give you the information that you need to hopefully get to a place where you are, you know, choosing well and sort of seeing the full big picture. Um, in that example, like a lot of people think that if, if you choose me, then I am worthy enough and good mm-hmm. enough and loved enough too. on the other side of it. Like I can love you enough to fix you, but also if you navigate this and choose me, then I'm, then I know that I'm validated and affirmed too. So there's like so many layers that play out in real <laughs> in dynamics. Um, but yes, as you, as you move through it, as you date, as you have endings and breakups, you go through all of the ebbing and flowing that relationships bring forward for You know, listen to the things, like look for the takeaways, spend time in trying to gather the information that the experience is trying to teach you because it will inform you as you move on and, you know, get back into the dating world or... Or you start know, a podcast. Or start eating. a podcast and have people on and <laughs> learn about it.
1: For, invite therapists on your podcast yeah. Yeah. talk about. Guys, dad, we're not paying this for wife. this therapy session.
0: All that's all I'm saying. I don't know
2: what your hourly rate is, but this has been free. No. Um, you'll
1: get uh, you'll get tens of thousands of Instagram followers. We've paid you. Um, this is great. Is yeah. there any other like takeaways yeah, in I mean, terms
2: of like we, we have a little bit more time. I mean, I do do you have any overwhelming
0: things that people come to you with when it has to do with family and relationships? I mean, navigating in-laws for sure. I mean, I think a lot of what we talked about today are the things that a lot of people who are partnered are dealing with for sure. Um, maybe not for people who are single and, and dating at the moment, although maybe they have their, you know, siblings, partners coming back or they're dealing with um, setting boundaries with family. But I would say this time of year, of course, um, boundaries and and really aligning with your yeses and your nos and just like protecting your energy is really important because you oftentimes do go back into family systems where sometimes the beliefs are really different. I have so many, you know, a lot of times there's transplants in in New York city. And so when they go back home somewhere and the belief systems you were talking about, um, just loosely like politics and religion where you're like, Oh, like we're just, we are misaligned and okay, that's okay. But like, how do I navigate this space with you? And so that's one of the things that's been coming up a lot mm-hmm. in sessions as of late, um, as people are starting to anticipate and predict like what they're going to be dealing with and like how they have to listen to that person, mm-hmm. you know, say the thing that they always say every year, or like prepping themselves for the person to ask them like why they're single. Cause you're so beautiful and I just don't understand yeah. it. Or like, Oh, when are you having the baby? It's like, a lot of people who are super intrusive with their questioning and, you know, like how how you do prepare and set those boundaries for yourself so that you don't get drained and
1: also like get a hotel.
2: Yeah, like <laughs> I, I mean, if you could afford it. I mean, not a lot of people. Yeah, if you're younger, a lot of time. I mean, there was. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine uh-huh. getting a hotel. Right. For back sure. In yeah. days. Uh, th- If you go to like family Christmas dinner and there is like the racist uncle and like Mm -hmm. he says the most outlandish, most racist, fucked up thing, like Mm -hmm. I, I just don't know what I would do. I Mm want to. Also, here is I just from at that point I need my heart partner to have my back. Like that's when I'm like shoving him under the table. Like can you tell Uncle Frank? You know or yeah. But I think I think sometimes you just what bite your tongue. I mean I don't be a good
1: fucking partner. Also ahead of time and like you your partner should tell you this shit ahead of time. True. It is crazy if you have like a super racist uncle or like a super Trump supporting mom, you've got home with them and like you just never knew. I know that happens probably a lot that you do walk (laughs) into those situations. Men are stupid. They just haven't told you. But like, yeah, men don't
2: even tell you like where, what time the wedding is that you're going with them (laughs) to until the day of maybe they probably lost the invitation anyway. But well, they're not um, the best
0: with preparation. I don't know if you follow Rachel Cargill on Instagram, but she wrote an article about like how to address exactly that. Uh Um, that. She's a woman of color and it's a, it's a pretty cool article. I think it's something like how to, how to deal with the racist comments, like from your uncle at Thanksgiving. Um, But it's a, I think that, that article is probably a good place to look and like, yeah, like, is it something that you confront? Like, obviously people sometimes feel really strongly about those things when it's like so unjust or you're like, no, like this is wrong. I can't bite my tongue and you really (sighs) want to take a stand. And so,
2: but you're not going to get anywhere. Sure.
0: And I think that's, it's a good thing to think about ahead of time. Like you're saying, like, give me that heads up because I do want to know how I want to respond Right? like, is it something that I'm going to like educate someone on? Is it something that I am going to buy? my tongue on because I just feel drained and I'm not gonna get into this this type of conversation with someone who's not going who's not committed to like hearing me.
2: I like to physically remove myself. Like I I think saying I'm gonna excuse myself makes a clear statement mm-hmm. that I'm uncomfortable yeah. and hopefully when you return to the table they have stopped because they got the message and like I had to do that just at a birthday party one time I have a friend and uh her husband's family can can veer that way and whatever was happening in the news at the time his mom said something that I was like no 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 it's happening I feel like my blood start to boil and I just went into the kitchen you know I just was like if I sit here and hear one more thing I might say something so I just like physically left the room
0: sometimes you take those you know there there are steps that you can take and maybe at at first it's removing yourself maybe the next time it's saying I really feel uncomfortable with this conversation I know something it's not about being dramatic but like I, I do think that we do have to be allies or at least personally I feel that way like the for people of color, they really need um, people in the privileged position to, to say something, to acknowledge it, because usually it's, it's how someone who is not a person of color is going to be able to hear it as opposed to like two people going at war, a person right. of color and not. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for me, I do think as an ally, when you're like, I don't, I don't agree with this, or I don't believe in this, right? Finding the way that, you know, isn't so drama filled and it's not about getting into conflict and this like full on chaos and knowing that they're not even going to hear it. But even when you're just dropping those seeds where you're just like, I'm not going to engage in this conversation or like, right. that's a racist comment and that I just feel uncomfortable. Um, you know, sometimes like just saying it and then moving your energy, like leaving the room, going upstairs, like sometimes those are the like little awakenings where people are just like, Oh shit. Like, okay. So I do, I'm a big believer in, in like Yes, not necessarily getting into the like full blowout conversation yeah. because a lot of times the other person is certainly not going to be able to hear you. And
1: they're not going to think who's going to think you're a terrible person if somebody says a terrible racial Correct. thing or a tear and, and that you get up and remove or yourself. Like What do I care oh, if they yeah. think I'm an asshole for getting well, up and leaving mm-hmm. or calling them out? I just, you know, Correct. I don't. Care. i
0: don't what, agree with you I, yeah. I don't believe the same things that you believe yeah. right? and we
2: should all be doing that with our family and our friends for 100 like this mm-hmm. is how you are an ally to whoever women mm-hmm. people of color mm-hmm. is to like call out your mm-hmm. family members and friends i think that's one thing you can do but it's i'm talking more when it's their mm-hmm. family and so yeah. that's when yes yeah, lightly I would hope if I was sitting there and I haven't run into this, thank God. But if I was sitting there with my partner and it was like his crazy racist uncle, I'm like, uh, are you going to do anything about this? Do you want to blow job ever again? You need to call your uncle out. He's a racist asshole.
0: <laughs> yeah. And those are some of those conversations, like the preparation conversations of like, Hey, this really does make me feel uncomfortable. And I like, I would really like you to take a stand. Like how, like, how are we yeah. going to handle this? If it yeah. should happen, hopefully it won't. Mm-hmm or it does yeah. and then the next time you go like you have the plan in place right? yeah yeah. yeah.
2: but I just my thing is like I can't sit there I feel like mm. complicit
0: totally
1: so I don't know I just feel like the minute I open up my mouth I will go to a million mm. like I know you that's you can't, the thing I can't hear like a racial slur slur against women any support of Donald Trump at all like I'll, I just can't I just have to leave mm-hmm. the restaurant
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm done eating I'm out
2: yeah Oh, man. Well, I'm glad we covered that, too.
0: Um, and we,
2: we actually did a whole episode last year about how to handle the like, when are you single? Or when, you know, it's called
1: single all the way because we could <laughs> probably talk to, talk with, with you about that for another hour. Um, I read this thing. I think Jared Freed wrote it. He was like, no one cares that much about you like if the people are like are you single it's just it's just a question That's to what ask we said. we said that last year we said people just want
2: something to talk to you about and they don't have <laughs> enough content in their life and they're you know your people in your small town right. they don't know what else to ask you well, what are you, they going to talk
1: to you about their dumb if kids if you sorry. pivot the
2: conversation like
1: yeah, I'm. I'm just dating yeah. around. But anyway, here's what's going on in my job. They will follow. Yeah, people are just asking to create conversation, mm-hmm. and I. I they're not going to you about the baby food they picked up for their kid this morning yeah. at the grocery store. That's not
0: interesting. That's so not- like,
1: I just think people are just. You're just. It's not that big of a deal. Nobody cares as much as you do about that question. <laughs>
0: yeah, and and m- most people are not thinking about how this question is going to impact you, mm-hmm. right? It's like, and so you either you really. I mean, again, going back to like, what are you clinging to and what are you letting go of? It's just like answer, move along, yeah. bring up, a, then have things to talk about. You know what I mean? Like, like I've actually said that to people is like, think about things that you would like to share when you go home. That way you have like a little... Mm-hmm package over here of like five things that you're like I really love my workout class well, <laughs> and like yeah. uh, you know whatever it is that you're just like hey this is the thing that I'd like to talk about if that is something that really upsets you or
1: double down on it be like you know what being single is terrible I haven't been laid in a year mm-hmm. and my life is horrible and just really open up that conversation <laughs> and just start crying bring more people in it and
2: when in doubt cry mm-hmm. also or you could go the other way god being single is so great I was just like fucking this guy last night and he came on my face and just like <laughs> make them so uncomfortable till they walk away <laughs> I, I just love what you said like because we said it too I like feeling validated that we're right and we're also therapists but like just pivot they're not going to be like no 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 wait
1: I don't want to hear about your job I want to hear about why you're single like they're not they don't care no one cares that much about you <laughs> as much they're as just you care about you talk. just small talk <laughs> until everybody's drunk enough to go home that's it <laughs> and the one uncle is saying the n-word <laughs> he should go home as
2: well <laughs> he should go home permanently Oh man. Well, this has been so great. Yeah. Thank you. This is a
1: wide range of topics. Thank you so much. Um, anything else you want to say to like wrap up any last words of wisdom and we're going to have you plug everything and tell people where they can find you.
0: Last words of wisdom. I mean, I think we've, we, we covered a lot and I think we've all probably said it at some point today is that like, we're not obligated to, to do anything. We don't owe people things if it crosses our boundaries. And so if that means not going home, if that means being around friends instead of somebody that you don't get along with like you have permission to choose things for yourself that protect your energy and you know keep you safe and secure and yeah i'll sign off with that
1: okay I thought
2: protect you, you your energy like you have
0: permission because a lot of times people are like they want to hear that it is actually okay to to not go home or to only go home for for the day and then like take the car you know and go somewhere else and yeah like it's okay even when they others don't think that it is you, you are entitled to making those choices for yourself. I
1: love that. I love that. Well, um, tell me where they can find your hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram cool. and um, where they can find your practice and anything else that you want to talk about. Yeah.
0: Um, awesome. So I'm on Instagram at mindful MFT as in marriage family therapy. Um, I'm, in practice in New York city in Midtown, um, the websites, newyorkcouplescounseling.com. That's where you can find all of the events and the retreats and all the things. And, um, maybe like the m- upcoming thing is a- an online course that starts, uh, January 8th. It's a six-week course. I do live coaching calls. Um, my husband and I run the course, and it's um, called "Get the Love You Want." And it is all about self and relational awareness. We go through boundaries, conflict, and sex and intimacy. Those are all the modules. So, if people want, well, we should
2: probably have you back because now I'm like. We, so many. We, things talk, we talk just talk about. about family. Like I'm <laughs> Ashley like, I,
1: wants to come see you professionally <laughs> as like a This is so funny.
2: We just keep having you back, and they're like, Ashley's just getting three free therapy. This <laughs> like, was like it's just a discussion. Whatever. It takes,
1: whatever. Yeah. How Good to talk about this stuff today. Mm-hmm. That's so
2: cathartic. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, guys. While well, we are wrapping up with Vienna, and just stick around. We have a fun segment surrounding family with all your crazy submissions about family traditions. So stick around. We will be right back.
1: All right, we're back. And uh, we're jumping back in with a new segment. And we asked you guys to submit emails. We got some really funny stuff. And Ashley has named the segment. It's
2: just an easy, self-explanatory, freaky families. Yes. Specifically, your significant other's family and their fucked up traditions.
1: Especially during the holidays. Especially during the holidays. Okay. Yeah, these
2: are so fun. So, um, freaky families. I am going to start with a throwback from last year's holiday show we're only doing one that you guys might know if you came to last year's holiday shows at Gramercy Theater but we couldn't deprive the rest of you of this one it is a personal favorite don't want to throw this one in the garbage yeah we just we've kept it around for a whole year okay their family tradition. Okay. She writes, so here's the story. My friend was dating her boyfriend for two years. It's always a friend. I'm just going to assume this is Bish about her. Which we about you. Yeah. Okay. But we'll still read it like she wrote it. Okay. My friend was dating her boyfriend for two years. It was true love and she was thrilled to spend their first Christmas Eve together at his parents' house. They did all the normal traditional Christmas Eve activities and suddenly his mom came downstairs and said, it's time. Her boyfriend then grabbed her hand and said, follow me. The entire family marched upstairs in a single file line and took an unexpected turn into the parents' bedroom. The entire family, mom, dad, brother, brother's girlfriend, and him all jumped into the parents' bed where she was forced to also join. They all got under the covers and turned off the lights. Then they all held hands and sang Silent Night. Mind you that her boyfriend was 25 at the time and the brother was 27. Apparently, this is their favorite family tradition. My friend is no longer dating this man, thank God. So, GGE listeners, we are wondering: Is this weird?
1: Yes, yeah, fucking weird. I don't. Why the bed is what I want to understand. Like, there's so much other furniture. I don't. Okay, other people's beds skeeve me out. I don't know if you notice this. Like, I don't even sit on your bed. I don't want to sit on anybody's bed because
2: like, you know your bed's just covered in cum. Yes. So you just assume everybody else's yes, bed and is covered in like,
1: cum. It's like you drool when you sleep. It's gross. I definitely I'm, do. You're naked when you sleep. I just I don't want to touch other people's beds. It's gross, and I certainly don't want to touch old people couple beds. <laughs>
2: I would not jump in my boyfriend's parents' bed under any circumstances. I would fake diarrhea. I would be like, I can't be in the bed.
1: I'd be like that really frigid, uncomfortable person, like sitting on the corner of the bed. Like I'm good guys. It just feels inappropriate (laughs) to touch your things. I don't want to do this. Um, okay. I would do this before I did this next thing. I will tell you, you you don't like this? this next story. I'm the number one thing I'm afraid of in the world is mice you just gave it away well no they're gonna know in 30 seconds um okay so this next family tradition is i wouldn't do it okay my sister married okay it's always somebody's sister Mm -hmm. or friend my sister married into a big italian family and her husband invited all of us to their holiday dinner they told us to bring nickels and didn't tell us why after dinner they rounded up the 60 plus of us and unveiled a homemade mouse racetrack In the corner, there was a cage of little mice brought in by the uncle who owned a pet store. They passed out little passport books that had different race lists with them with the names of a bunch of family members. Granny versus Uncle Polly versus Uncle Stefano, along with probably another 10 other races. They unleashed each round of mice and the cheering (laughs) and hollering shook the house (laughs) Everyone Everyone bet with nickels, and the winner of the last race got their name put onto the next year's race list. Let's just say there was a lot to talk about on the drive home. Can you imagine 60 Italians? They're all named Petey Polly, and they're all yelling at these mice, slamming down nickels. (laughs) making it rain with nickels on the mice <laughs> i do like the family preparation that goes into there's like gambling betting books they like hand out like race names do you ever go to horse cra- horse track do you ever watch horse races but i know what you mean no i don't um it's like a lot of work to do what these people are doing okay
2: the new game is is this true true or false family <laughs> traditions
1: i think this is true because the uncle owns a pet store like, <laughs> allegedly <laughs> uncle Polly, uncle Polly's pets okay first of all also Polly's the, Pet Shop did you ever see the movie Goodfellas she's like in every one of the names with Petey and Polly. yeah like, okay so she nailed the name Uncle Stefano I would say that's more true than that an entire family of grown ass men get into their parents bed saying Silent Night
2: all right guys family traditions true or false uh, this next one is easy to believe okay she writes I still gag When I think of the time my ex's mom raved about their family's amazing mac and cheese recipe, she whipped it out at Thanksgiving and I was so jacked. (laughs) (laughs) I just know
1: we'd be friends with her. Yeah.
2: Turns out it was noodles, a can of cream of mushroom soup, zero seasoning with a sprinkling of cheddar cheese on top. Family of psychopaths, she writes. (laughs) Listen, i fuck with that. Ew. I I would eat it. Okay, here's the thing. Notoriously, white people don't make the best mac and cheese. Like when when black people hear white people say, "I make a good mac and cheese," or like, "I bet you do," you know, like it's a thing. My mom crushes mac and cheese. Surprisingly, for a little white woman.
1: Wait, I crush mac and cheese, and I just realized it's because okay, I had like an African American nanny growing up. Whatever. Okay, my parents worked full time, and she taught me how to make mac and cheese. That's who taught me. And I, that's what so I'm saying. Good. Like, I think my mom does a good job.
2: A lot of white people don't.
1: You can't call that mac and cheese. That's yeah. a casserole, babe. Like
2: if you have a cream of mushroom soup at your Thanksgiving dinner, great. It's for the green bean casserole. Like what do you do with a, a sprinkle a cheddar on top? I want to be able. I want the cheese to stick to my ribs if I'm eating mac and cheese. This is fa- I love that she writes family of psychopaths. She's that mad. is like that is like so funny because like you want to respect your boyfriend's mother. Like you're like oh I want to respect his mom and then she makes this and you're like I have no, no more respect for this woman. Absolutely not.
1: <laughs> Okay. (laughs) Okay. Next one. I like the whole visual is so amazing. Um, (laughs) Love a visual. Okay. So I had an ex where instead of getting gifts under the tree. One of the parents would hide the gifts all around the house. I thought that was kind of fun until I found out on Christmas morning that all around the house actually meant all around the house and also outside in the backyard. And my ex's parents backyard faced a, in all caps, forest that was also fair game.
2: With a million question marks. (laughs)
1: So at like 8.40 in the morning, it's a very specific time, I had to gear up in my coat and boots and go out into the forest to go hunting for presents. Mind (laughs) you, this is also the first time I was meeting the family, so I dressed for appearances, not functionality. I'm dead ass trudging through... Like three feet of snow in heeled boots, a light coat, a sweater, dress and tights, all caps. It was not a good time. I mean, that that is crazy. You like you pack to look look so pretty and cute. And then like he doesn't mention to you that like you need to you're going to go like cross country skiing for presents. That's
2: the thing we talked about in this episode. You've got to warn people. (laughs) Let them know what they're in for. Let them dress appropriately. Tell them what to pack. We do a treasure hunt in the forest. You're not gonna tell your significant other about this family she,
1: tradition. She only brought her heel J-Lo boots. This is amazing.
2: Okay. The last and final one. Made me okay. I was with my ex for a couple of years. Every Christmas, his stepmom would get a birthday cake for Jesus. We all had to gather around the table to sing happy birthday to Jesus as she would bring out a cake and light the candles. And yes, the cake did say happy birthday, Jesus. I didn't know what to do I thought this was so weird I looked around at the other significant others that the siblings had brought they all gave me yeah this is a thing sorry smirk I mean at least you're all in it together
1: it's so cute also at least it doesn't like erode your boundaries kind of tradition
2: oh this lady though
1: mice this is like a
2: bless your heart lady yes you know like she is probably compensating for her shitty behavior and deep dark thoughts by baking a cake for Jesus (laughs)
1: She sucks. I mean, I don't even do that. So, like, I don't even bake cupcakes to say I'm sorry to God. Also, I'm a Jew. You could 100% convince me that this was just a normal thing that everybody does that's, every year. That's Christian people Like, did. I don't know. Like, it, it wouldn't be that crazy if on Jesus' birthday you got him a birthday cake. Like, I don't think it's that wild because I'm Jewish. So, I don't know what you people do. Yeah. I mean, they
2: definitely didn't have birthday cake in the manger. Maybe. They didn't. What the, they what had is, gold, myrrh, gold, myrrh, and frankincense. I know... What? That's what the three three kings brought... None of it's real. No one brought a
0: cupcake. <laughs> I don't
2: believe any of <laughs> it, to be honest. It's, it's real. Um, but no, there wasn't any birthday cake in the manger. But also, maybe she's a birthday fetish. Like, maybe, you know, some people just like love birthdays. She's like, it's Jesus' birthday. We got to get a cake. Maybe,
1: <laughs> maybe she loves, like, an ice cream cake. I'm surprised she doesn't do, like, all month birthday. Like, every day for the month, Jesus gets a present. <laughs> like an
2: advent calendar, but it's cake. Yes. Okay. Um, we have loved these so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you for submitting your amazing. crazy family traditions. And... It's the 16th. So we still have shows this week in Chicago and one more New York show. So if you have funny holiday stuff or just crazy dating stories, funny, weird, unbelievable, but make them truthful. Listen,
1: I try to include them and Ashley sees through them. I can see
2: through you guys' lies. I'm the
1: first line of defense. I can see through y'all's lies.
2: Yeah. Submit them. email, hello, com and we will see you guys all over the world. <laughs> we will see you in,
1: do d- you want me to do it? No, she DC,
2: it. Boston, Australia, LA, San Diego, Texas, all over, Florida, all over, dot stupidliveshows.com. I cannot believe we are finally do doing it.
1: Australia. Australia. It's Ashley's dream.
2: It's my dream. Yes. Um yeah, follow us on Instagram, girls got eat podcast, Raina.greenberg, Ash Hess, girls underscore gotta eat on Twitter. And that's it. All right, guys. Have a good week. Bye. <laughs>